do it. I saved that? Oh, I saved that. That was so good. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Hello. <laughs> Hello. He's so horny. He's cheating on every. He, all the women love him. I think we found yeah. a new soundbite to like integrate into the opening. Hello. Oh yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna use. I'm gonna abuse that. That is gonna get abused. Um. So big episode today. Big one. Big. So we're going to try to, like, truncate the usual half an hour of banter. Probably down to 10 to 15 minutes. 20 max. We're going to have to cut ourselves off. Yeah, I told you, we're going to keep the uh, local Twin Cities chatter down to around 20, 25 minutes this time. <laughs> yeah, let's not do the Twin Cities. Let's try to avoid any Twin Cities talk this time. <laughs> yeah. that, that'll cut at least 10 minutes. <laughs> How's it going? Good. How are you? I, I, Finished in the green. Yeah, we're in the green. <laughs> We are back in the green, Big Daddy. Do I have it up? Do I have it up? Hold on. I'll find it. Just give me Tom's a Tom's been back on Robin Hood, so. <laughs> been having some fun. It <laughs> 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 was looking dark for a little while. Well, it wasn't looking dark, but it was, you know, it was, I was down. Yeah. Because I invested heavily. Oh, here we go. The following segment is not financial advice. I repeat, this is not financial advice. On with the show. Yeah, but right before we went on the air, the after hours market ticked up a little bit. I'm I'm back in the green. So I'm up five dollars on the amount of money I've put into this. I'm up five dollars. I went really heavy on clove. Yeah, you just told me to buy, so oh, buy and hold, baby, buy and hold. But this is not financial advice. No, not at all. But I've done my due diligence. <laughs> it's a strong company that is a large profit margin. They've got they got seven hundred million in cash. They're not they're not losing money. Well, people have been talking about it online, right? Oh, we a- talk again. <laughs> not this is not advice. Yeah. Do not listen to us. Yes, don't listen to us. But my portfolio is not diversified anymore. <laughs> it is all in on Clove, and Clove had a good day, and I'm back in the green. I've been. Uh, I think my average clove was at like twenty dollars a share, uh, and now I've I've averaged it down to fifteen seventy. Oh boy! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what else is going on? You've been still doing lift. Oh, I've been hitting the lift too. Yeah, yeah and then I'll just throw it all at clove. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh yeah, lift. Uh, you know, I'm getting off at two thirty, so I get done a little early oh, and I go right. out and do it. Yeah. When does that? When does that go till? What? Like you start oh, at six in Novemberish. Okay. I completely overslept today. I forgot to set my alarm, and my internal clock still eight. Yeah, and so I woke up at like seven fifty. I completely overslept on one of those remodel survey things. Did your mom call you in? No, <laughs> I just got up and went to my computer. But I called the store to reschedule it, and the guy clearly no showed as well. Like he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, uh, okay," and I was like, "Well, can we do it tomorrow?" He's like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> so all's well. All's well that ends well. It's fine. How are you? Oh, good. Hey. Oh yeah, just doing stuff around the house. I've rolled my ankle really badly the other day. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, hobbled like could barely walk on it. It's better today, but it still like looked like there was a tennis ball inside of my ankle. 
like even earlier this morning. That sounds pretty brutal. I've been icing and doing that type of thing. That's rough. Yeah. That's heavy. That's a bad one. Oof. Speaking of investment, though, I uh, just came from some guy that I found on Craigslist selling Herman Miller shares. He didn't know what he had, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he was selling them for 35 bucks a pop. How much do you think they're worth? Uh, I see them sell on Craigslist for like 350 to 400 And you're going to flip so, those? F- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You think, I should, you think I should buy clove with my uh, profits? Actually, I think you should. But the following segment is not financial we're advice. We're going to have to I play repeat, this a lot. This is not financial advice. On with the show. Let's get away from the investment talk. Yeah. yeah. That's a good investment, though. That's a good return. But yeah, that's like... <laughs> See, that's what I was trying with the fucking goddamn action figures. Well, and I've done the same thing with Lego, too. Like, yeah. I've bought two Lego sets, like, build one, wait for the other one to double in value, yeah. and then sell it. But the profit margin is so low on that shit yeah. that it really doesn't make no, sense. No, I'm to literally do it. like hoarding Jar Jar Binks Black Series to make like six dollars in a year. <laughs> it's the, I mean, yeah, I guess I'll probably make a few bucks, but yeah. it's not enough for me to justify spending the amount of money I did hoarding all these Black Series figures yeah. when I finally tripped across them. Yeah, the way that these professional people do it is they like scour Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace. For items that like only insiders know are yeah. of value, but they're common items like office chairs or furniture or yeah. you know that type of stuff. I don't got a good grift game. Yeah, neither do I. Although that one grift I had was a good idea, I think. It's well, just a lot of work. The buy one, get one game well, thing. Yeah, when they do buy two games, get one free. Yeah. And it, they're any cost, so it's not like it's like... And it's any game. Yeah. So what you would do is... <laughs> You would buy two, you'd get a third one free, and you would buy hot titles that you know are going to sell. Yeah. And you would sell them on eBay, maybe mark them down a couple bucks and get the buy it now price. You get your shipping, and then you make like 50, 60 bucks. Yeah. That's, it's just a lot of work. Yeah. I don't know. It's a little bit better profit margin than your Jar Jar Binks scheme that yeah, you're going. My Binks is for sale, so if anybody <laughs> wants to put in a bid... Hit us up on Twitter at CloneCastPod or email us CloneCastPod at gmail.com. We'll sign the son of a bitch if you want it. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants That's an autograph? We'll, sign, we'll raffle off these binks. <laughs> Maybe we should give away a binks for some sort of prize. We could do a listener prize. That'd be a good idea. 95% chance the Thorian Historian would win <laughs> because he would find, he'd probably find some way to like enter himself 5,000 times into the competition. And we only have like 50 listeners. Yeah. So... Uh, I don't know. We should do that. Yeah. And from a certain point of skew, they do like they're they're doing the mall hilt or whatever. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We should do something like that. Eventually we'll get like shirts and swag and stuff. I wouldn't mind getting rid of one of the binks. Yeah. I could part with the binks. Yeah. They ain't going to make shit. (laughs) That literally (laughs) will be going for the same. Nobody likes Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. All right, so we'll think about how to do a contest for Jar Jar, one of my Jar Jar Binks Phantom Menace Black series. Have uh, Have you been playing anything? Video game wise, uh, Call of Duty, Black War, uh, Black Black Ops, Black Ops, Cold War. Yeah, I thought but. you got what the uh, what's the the new Star Wars game, Fallen, uh, not Disciple. I installed it. I installed the update. I know it's ready to go. Yeah, this weekend's the weekend. You haven't started it no. yet? No, I haven't. Okay, I'm very slow with video games lately. I just get so lost in my own head. Like this weekend, though, I have to play it. Yeah, I'm I've going heard to. it's good. I'm sure it's great. Yeah, looks difficult. I mm-hmm. think I'm not sure if they went like kind of like the Dark Souls, uh, Demon Souls, Neo, you know that yeah, genre yeah. of game, Bloodborne. They're just the really difficult 
platformer. Yep. I think that's where they went with this. Okay. I think it's one of those games. The so only... it's very like combat intensive. Like it's not complete slasher. You have to like use your block, use your dodge, yep. use your parry, all these things, you know? Yeah. The only like it looks really great and I've heard it's great, but I run into the same thing with like the Uncharted series. Mm-hmm. Have you played those? Uh the Nathan Drake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the full collection. I thought I saw it for cheap once at GameStop. They're, and I just haven't played it. They're good, but it's like it's you're on kind of like a linear path. So yeah. it's, oh. you're kind of like guided on where okay, to go. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's kind of how they did the new God of War. Yeah. And over the shoulder. Speaking of which, yeah. Speaking of which, same deal with I think this new what's the name of the Star Wars game? I I Fallen Order. Yes, Fallen Order. Um but same deal with God of God of War. <laughs> Use it sparingly, but what's it called when you're like fighting a boss and all of a sudden there's a cutscene and then it's like press A and oh, you have to like yeah button combination yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like mixed with a cinematic so you're like watching it yeah and then you have to be on the lookout for yeah. like pressing it yep it's like use sparingly it's nice but too much too much of it and it's like come on I yeah heard that that's see what I, I don't know was. it it's fine I, I I would be cool with just a cutscene in the middle of the fight yeah. Just kind of a little breather. Yep. I love cutscenes. Yeah. Like, and I think what I'll probably like about this game the most is just the fact that it's Star Wars universe. I'll see some lore. Yep. And I'll get sweet and cool cutscenes. Well, storyline is fucking everything for me in games at mm-hmm. this point. Like games that I don't it's know. got a good story. Um, and now, like that's where uh, it, it most of it takes place on that planet that Bracca. we just saw. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In Bad Batch. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting. Uh oh. Discord going off? Discord's going off. <laughs> should probably check it. I, I'm really bad at checking in on that. I'm yeah. really bad. Should I? I got to send you in. You should, I, you should probably be in there. Yeah. We're going to have a meeting soon. I Yeah. I used to be on Discord, but I haven't logged into it for yeah a few years. It's actually when I was playing that uh, Star Wars mobile game, Galaxy of Heroes. I, like, I think the Thorian Historian said... No, they play Squadrons. Oh, okay. Is that... Uh, I don't know. I have to look that but up. But yeah, I was doing that for a while, and then one day it was just like, I've had enough of this. Yeah. <laughs> like, just farming characters all day, every day. Yeah. Well, you're talking to a guy who put literal, like, months of his life, like, gameplay total months into World of Warcraft. Yeah. Maybe oh, yeah, a year. I, I wonder. I, would, I should probably sign on my main character. I should do that before the up, next episode and get a, a time played. You can do a time played. Up to what expansion did you play? Like, consistently play? Yeah. Well, I mean, well, one, every expansion that came out up until Battle for Azeroth, which was two ago now. Okay. I mean, there's like. Was that before or after the Panda one? After. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, up through Wrath of the Lich King, which was the third expansion, I played heavily through Wrath of the Lich King, but then by the time the next one came, I think it was Cataclysm. Then I started to wean off. But what I would do is I would play, I'd buy the, I'd buy the expansion, I'd play, I'd level up my mains, and then I'd just get bored of it. Yeah. And I'd stop. Um, so, but really heavily was, uh, the Burning Crusade, which okay. was the, the first expansion. I played the shit out of that. Like it consumed my life for at least a year, a year and a half. Yeah. And I was in a guild and we raided regularly and it's probably the best time in my life. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not care about anything but that fucking game. I worked at Walmart yeah. and I lived in my mom's basement. This was circa 2008. Uh, that was probably 2007, 2008. It's like when we first started hanging out. Yeah. And I started playing it too, but all of my friends were like, 
Box so, Box got me into it. Yeah. Box was like, play it. And that's before Burning Crusade. And I was like, this is fun, but it's too much. But then my buddy Nick, Guitar Hero Nick, top 100 worldwide in Guitar Hero <laughs> Nick, <laughs> he can play through the fire and flames, baby. Um, he got into it. And I then we just kind of got into it. And there was a few other people that we worked with that were in a guild. And I don't know. We just got fucking hooked, man. Yeah. It's well, like, and when I react, I'll reactivate every now and then and just play for like a weekend. It's honestly like going home again. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking weird. Well, the, the thing that got me off of it, I played it for four months, something like that. But all of my friends were like 30 levels ahead of me. Yeah. And I was like, hey, can I do anything with you guys? See, and, and that's kind of what got me hooked because we had, we got in a guild that was really cool about like running us through things. Yeah. And that was like back when it was really hard to find groups for things too. Yep. Like, you would have to spam, like, trade chat, like, looking for group for dead mines or yeah. something, you know, and eventually you'd find a group, but you'd spend, like, two hours looking for, like, oh, fuck, we still need a tank. Yeah. So it helped if you had a helpful guild with high-level players to be like, yeah, I'll run you through the yeah. stockade. and I did And it's not. fucking awesome. They just I fucking did. go in there and just pull everything and just toast it. It's so fun. Yeah, I did not have that experience. And then once you get a high level, you get to do it for people, buddy. <laughs> it's fun. It is fun. Michaela from Jar Jar thinks destroyed the discard, and she is talking about her WoW guild. <laughs> what if what if Michaela and I just hit it off, and we end up playing WoW together for hours on end, and I just disappear into a chasm? It wouldn't be the worst thing that happened. I'd be fine if that. Probably save some money as long as we do this two times a week. Still. Yeah, I, I would still be doing this. Um, anyways, we're, we're way off topic with WoW. This there is some WoW stuff that I want to reference in this episode. Yeah. Uh, yep. Um. Should we get into it after we do? Let's do listener appreciation. Yep. We got a mailbag and then we'll do a quick time warp. But yeah, let's get it moving here. I mean, we're already. F- yeah. Yeah, we're 14 minutes. In. We talk too much. Yeah, we it's do. only because I'm so in love. No, <laughs> no, it's because I'm so in love with you. You're stuck with me, Sky Guy. All right. Maybe I need to cut down on these. Uh, that's 27 in, in 27 second intro for for a segment. <laughs> yeah, we could cut that down a little bit. I like it though. <laughs> I, <know>. I really <laughs> do. Okay, so let let's just get right to it. So we got depressed Kenobi. This is the Holy Trinity. We got depressed Kenobi. We've got the Athorian historian who gets this now. Alright. Um, still missing in action, but is going to continue to get shouted out because it's the Holy Trinity. Yeah. All rise. The Norwegian national anthem. <laughs> For Eel No. Where the fuck is Eel No? I keep doing wellness checks on Twitter. Nothing. God, it's crazy. He disappeared from the face of the earth. He went to summer camp. Yeah, that's true. You know, maybe he's at, I don't know how old Eel No is. Maybe he's like 16. That's he's at Norway. some sort of They got to take advantage of the summer while yeah. it runs. Maybe he's like, uh rowing yeah you know, like a big rowing team or something part of a crew yeah he's on a crew he's on a <laughs> row crew uh all right uh eliza aka a drop of magic jaily the official artisan at you are a bold one uh celine and perry celine hello the parisian, parisian princess. princess yeah 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 uh patrick the hut and jabba the hut brothers in arms big news about jabba the putt i was like you your posts strike me as a thorian historian posts He's been outed. <laughs> Jabba the Butt is Ithorian historian. 
So what if a Thorian historian is just every single one of these listeners? Well, I know that we have some unique. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, so uh, job of the putt. It was fun. I would love you to continue tweeting, but you are now being <laughs> we're cutting you out of it because you're already getting two shout outs if we keep you in. So right there, I'm going to do a backspace. Goodbye. <laughs> so the lone brother, Patrick the Hutt. <laughs> Uh, Ruler Farm Boy, the official retweeter of the pod. Um, our our new emailers, our emailers, the four horsemen, <laughs> yeah. the four horsemen of the apocalypse: <laughs> Noah, Wade, Joshua, and Stephen is back. Yes, he is. He is back. <laughs> so we have our four horsemen. So uh, Joshua did reach out to us and he said, "Hey guys, I'll take the Horsemen of War and Red Horse." Uh, also curious, has Adam ever finished Darth Plagueis? Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I cannot wait for you to get one of my favorite episodes. It's season five, episode 16. Great take on The Last Bad Batch. Show is great. So thank you, Joshua, the Horseman of War. There it is. Um, and Wade reached out, and Wade said, give me death or war. So it looks like Wade is getting death. Um, are you writing these down? <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought you put it on the listener appreciation Wade. thing. Death. You got the spreadsheet up. Yeah, Just I don't put it next it. to their names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, <laughs> so Wade says, give me death or war, but Joshua's getting war. He says, dang, Stephen can be famine. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll give Stephen famine and blight is Noah. We'll have to get them like a little music. Yeah. You know? I'll come up with some music for them uh, coming up here. But thank you for reaching out, Joshua. We appreciate it. So you are war <laughs> and Wade is death. Or wait, no, was he? Okay, yeah, war and death. Okay, we're war good. And death. Yeah, we're good. War and death. This is fun. Um, <laughs> so, also, Stephen's back. That's great. Uh, and then our uh, fellow podcast that we're trying to get a network going. We're going to be doing a meeting soon to kind of work through that. We got Wayfinder Pod at Wayfinder Pod from a certain point of skew at F A C P A P O D. Holy shit, I didn't look at that that time. Yeah. Well, I did for half a second, but then was... at Jar Jar thinks the Jar Jar thinks pod, Laura, Michaela and Jess. Apparently, Michaela plays Warcraft. So we got that to talk <laughs> yeah. about now. Um, and Vader's thoughts at Vader thinks. So should we get to the mailbag? Yeah. All right. Message after the message. Greetings, exalted one. Allow me to introduce myself. Whoa. <laughs> Is a really long intro. <laughs> I mean, it's fine when we don't have so much to cover. I know. And we still manage to drag this out 90 to, you They're know, creeping up 100 there. minutes. Um, okay, so listener mailbag. So we did read the one from Joshua during listener appreciation, uh, but we have this one from uh, Curvaceous Crumb. Yes. Uh, did you see the picture of Curvaceous Crumb? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> taking some shots at you. Yeah. Not happy with you. <laughs> Hey, Tom, just Tom. Long-time listener, first-time writer. I'm going to address the elephant in the clone Castanova room. Adum, now he spelled you A-D-U-M-B, so I'll be saying Adum, is just the worst. We can all remember back in that one episode when he showed his true colors by calling everyone who drove a Pontiac in high school a low-class trash person. <laughs> I don't think, did you say that? First of all, 
It wasn't me saying that. I referenced a comedian that said oh, that. Oh, okay, okay. Second of all, it's mostly true. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what, ad dumb? I drove a Sunfire in high school. And from what I remember, we were middle class. <laughs> I'm going to need some some W-2s yeah. to really prove yeah, this. Yeah, we're going to need some official documentation, <laughs> Curvaceous Crumb. Uh, he is just so bad at guessing the number one song, and I'll bet he wears wet socks intentionally. Congrats on the house. Obviously, this podcast is being grounded by Tom. Without him, this would just be an elitist pissing contest full of silk condoms, avocado butt plugs, and Beyond Meat vegan meatball subs with a reduced wine sauce. <laughs> then parentheses, I really enjoy your takes. I'll bet you smell like the runoff from a perfume factory, you delegate dugong douche. Thanks for all your hard work, in parentheses. Oh, and another thing. Read the Plagueis novel. That's two emails telling you to read the fucking novel. What say you? <laughs> Take a note from Tom, who is just the best, and be inclusive. For example, droid gender not sucking. Wake up. You'll never be as fancy as Dooku. Come back to the light. And then in parentheses, love the pod, guys. Keep it up. Someone who needs ad dumb to be better, a.k.a. Curvaceous Crumb. We'll post the picture of Curvaceous Crumb on Twitter. It's interesting. <laughs> it's great. So uh, thank you for reaching out, Curvaceous Crumb. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, should we get into the time warp? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Overlords. What do we got for a air date? Uh, air date for Overlords is January 28th, 2011. Okay. Do you want to do the song or the movie first? Let's do movie. Okay. It star- it's a thriller that stars Sir Anthony Hopkins. That's what I'll give you. Thriller with Anthony Hopkins, 2011. Yes. Red Dragon? No, it's Red Dragon was earlier than that. It's not uh, Red Dragon. Starring Anthony Hopkins, or is he just in it? He was on the picture, so I'm assuming. Thor? On... Is it one of the Thors? No, it's called The Right. The Right? R-I-T-E. I think it's kind of like a, I don't know, weird like Catholicism, exorcism type stuff, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, I, I had to click it, and I'm assuming he's the star because his face is all over the poster. So, uh, The Right. I'm... Not seen it. Yeah, neither have I. If you've seen the right, um, write us at <laughs> clonecastpod at gmail.com. All right, let's do the song. All right, so this is a very famous songstress that we have not had on the Time Warp thus far. Ooh. But she is back in action. It's probably like her, I'd say, 10th number one song. Just a guess. We have not mentioned her. I don't think she's ever been mentioned on the podcast. She hasn't been guest at all she has not been guest she has not been maybe guest but i i if she has it was not close is it a song by sia no oh no i think this is before sia really hit huge oh no well maybe hit huge well, i mean she was going but i don't yeah. think she was as big as she is nope are you ready for it yeah it's britney spears oh. hold it against me So, yeah, I mean, the queen of pop. Yeah. Did you watch that documentary? No. I think it was on Hulu. Really? Yeah. I thought it was Paris Hilton. Oh, she, has, she one has one, too? Okay, no, I haven't seen. I have not watched yeah, it's much. pretty good. I have to check it out. I feel bad for her. Really? She went through some Her dad's sh- kind of a shithead, right? Yeah. yeah. She went through some shit, man. Yeah. 
I, these dad managers always turn out to be just assholes, <laughs> don't they? Like Jessica Simpson's dad. I remember that show. I was just like, dude, this guy kind of sucks. Yeah. Like, weird. Just weird. He slowly get. They always slowly get more and more like fake tanned and yeah. like bleached hair. Have you ever seen Katy Perry's dad? Yeah. That guy's a fucking trip. <laughs> that should be the episode art. Is just Katy Perry, a picture of Katy Perry's dad. <laughs> What a weird looking dude. He's a pastor, apparently. I was gonna say, but he started he a wearing like all this bedazzled stuff yeah. and like trying to look very like Vogue. But at the same time, he'd have like a giant cross. That's what I'm thinking of, along with Jessica Simpson's dad. Okay, yeah, Jessica Simpson's dad has more of that like I'm a Florida boat guy vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like wears moccasins with the no socks and that sort of thing, and you know, like the khaki very shorts, tan. very tan with like a white button up t shirt, half buttoned. Um, so yeah, that is your time warp. Should we just run into this episode? We kind of just yeah, really, we got yeah, we, we got a lot to talk we about. Bye bye. Do it. Hello, Charles. Hello. Boston makes me feel good. All right, so Overlords, season three, episode 15. This is heavy. This is. It's good. This is this is like the dividing line. Like this is the one I've been waiting to get to. I mean, the well, the, the stuff with Bob Vance going into this was great. Yeah, um, we're on a good streak right now. Yeah, um, but this is where like this is this this is the where the Clone Wars kind of turns into something more than just the show that we have. Been sure. Watching. Now, like for me, this episode made. Everything we've seen thus far feels very small. Yeah. Like, it's... Let's just jump right in. Because I'm sure this is going to cause some conversation that we're going to get into. So, we start the episode with um, a mysterious message coming through using an ancient Jedi code. And it came through to this cruiser, and they relate it to the Jedi Council. And it's coming from the Krilithium system, which is like way beyond outer rim so it's out there mm-hmm. like it's way out there now really interesting looking guy that received the code did you see that commander no, uh-uh. you didn't no oh he looks funny <laughs> he's just a funny looking guy the admiral on this ship that received the code and he's like the first guy you see he just looks like he smelled a bad fart <laughs> are you looking him up yeah yeah okay um but obi-wan anakin and ahsoka are going to investigate oh there he is yeah <laughs> weird yeah. And he's got one of the leather helmet guys next to him. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting ship. So the council is sending Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka to investigate. Um, they arrive on the you know co- coordinates, um, and they sent a Jedi cruiser along because they're like, oh, this could be a separatist attack. Um, and Rex is on the cruiser. And Rex is like on the hollow, and he's like, you're, you know, we're at the coordinates, but you're not here. Um, and Anakin's like, what are you talking about? We're, we're right here, too. Something's up. And... Rex signal begins to break up. They lose calm with him. Then the ship briefly powers down and then powers back up. It's very odd. Yeah. You know, 
and I think Ahsoka points out, like, even the life support system is... Yeah, it went off. Everything yep. went off for a second. Um, and everything powers back up. Obi-Wan's like, see, nothing to worry about. And Ahsoka <laughs> gives him, like, the most polite smirk I've ever seen. <laughs> I loved it. This is the... Finally, we get some, like, Ahsoka and Obi-Wan off yes. on their own. I loved it. Um, but after the ship powers up and Obi-Wan says that, Ahsoka smirks. And then she's like, oh, wait, what the fuck is that? <laughs> And it's like this giant diamond ship. Yeah. It, it looks like a ship. It looks like maybe something like the Borg would make in yep. Star Trek. Like, it's like a Borg cube, only it's a diamond, kind of. Yeah, it looks like one of those things that's above your character in The Sims. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Is that a good Sims impression? I can't remember. Did I ever tell you the so. fun story about The Sims? No. My buddy Nick. Uh-huh. Guitar hero Nick. <laughs> okay, so his... Like, he played The Sims when he was a kid, but his mom also created a Sims world uh-huh. on his computer. And so when she was gone, when it was on the family computer, and when she was gone one day, she had this whole like bustling town. And he went on and logged into her, you know, her Sims, her town, and he invited everybody over to her place for a party. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> they all came over, the whole town came over for this party. She was well liked. They all came over for this party. He took away all the doors. <laughs> And the bathrooms, and then he hit like the fast forward button. They all died. <laughs> he committed Sims genocide. Yeah. So she signed back in. And like, what the hell? What happened? It's the greatest thing a child has ever done to uh, a parent. I love it so the much. That's where an interesting time. Oh. <laughs> It's the coolest thing Nick has ever done. He could never possibly match it. He's a father of two. He's married. He's in a loving relationship. He will never match anything. It's the greatest thing That's he ever he did. Peaked. It's above creating life. Um, anyways, <laughs> moving back on. So the diamond ship, uh, kind of like, they. it's not a tractor beam, but it's implied that they're getting sucked in. Yeah. Like you don't see a tractor beam or anything, but it... it Kind of twists at the hemisphere. One yeah, it opens up a little bit. Yeah, it opens a crack, and there's a really bright white light. light that yeah, they're and so they're getting into. sucked into the crack, and like they get overwhelmed by this bright light, and they kind of that's it. Yeah, um, they come to, and they're on this like planet. Um, and, and what are what are your thoughts at this point? I was like, this is a fucking Star Trek episode, and that's the first thing I was like, I guarantee Tom's gonna think this is way more in lines with like next generation than the clone wars that we have to no watch. really this is something yeah. that like star trek would do like yeah. you know like jordy and date are out in a fucking shuttle and all of a sudden they get like abducted by this thing and like they got to figure out the fuck it's it's on it on its surface kind of star trek yeah i feel like so with the with this episode i'm looking to just get your initial reactions to what are going on we're gonna have to revisit this at some other point because there's some other stuff that happens later in the clone wars that kind of like weaves back into this there's a lot to unpack yeah so we'll do an extended episode at some point where we talk about mortis kind of as a whole yes um now they don't name it in yeah. this episode, but I looked it up. It's Mortis. Yep. Um, so it's not a planet. It's like a giant organic mass. Now, if that's where the white light was or if they got transported somewhere, I don't fucking it's know. It's unclear. It's unclear. But anyways, they're in this giant organic mass and the atmosphere is breathable. They're not sure what galaxy they're in at all. 
Um, so they just kind of come to and they're like, I don't even know how the ship landed. We don't know what the hell's going on here. And I just love Ahsoka. She just pops up and heads out to investigate. <laughs> like, yeah. as soon as she finds out the air is breathable, Ahsoka's the first one out the door. Yeah. Fucking great. I love Ahsoka. She rules. I rewatched the Mandalorian episode with her yeah. last night in bed. I, you know, like, um, I can understand, like, how some people may be perturbed, like, about the voice or something like that, but, like... Yeah, Rosario Dawson does a great job. I thought so, yeah. I thought she was really true to yep. the character. And, like, just some of the mannerisms she does and stuff, you could tell that she really, like, studied the Clone Wars yeah. character. Yeah, like, she actually yeah. cared about the role and, like, yeah. put the work into like, it. I, I don't know. I, I think it could have been cool if they went with Ashley Eckstein. Yeah. Um, I think it could have probably been done. Um, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, they don't tend to do that for live action versus animated. They, you know... So, it is what it is, but she does a great job. That's neither here nor there, though. We have a lot to talk about here. God, I really shouldn't be deviating from this at all. Um, so, yeah, Soka heads out to investigate. Obi-Wan and Anakin join her. Obi-Wan has these tiny little binoculars. <laughs> He's so fancy. Such a fancy lad. Now, we got a real, like, jungle vibes here. Um, you know, we talked about using ELO jungle. Yep. I'll have to use it at some point, but I don't know. It just felt like a Ghostbusters thing. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the episode that I want to use jungle still on. Still coming. Still coming. Okay. So, yeah, but jungle vibes and like, so it's this really lush green planet, whatever you want to call it. Um, and they got these floating rocks ever in the sky in this like bright blue sky. And it's really cool looking. And it strikes me as Nagrin from World of Warcraft. Yeah. We mentioned that earlier. Like that is my favorite zone. In World of Warcraft. So I'm immediately, like, I got Star Trek vibes, uh, and I got Nagran, which is, like, if I was to go on WoW and just, like, chill somewhere, that's where I'd go. It's just this, like, beautiful, lush green land yeah. with, like, floating rocks in the sky that you can land on on your mount and, and stuff. I've been wanting to replay Breath of the Wild. I'm going to yeah. pretty soon. And just the scenery in this reminded me of that, yeah, too. It's, so it's it just awesome. made me want yeah. to play that again, like, too. If you think of your favorite free roaming game that's just kind of like in a fantasy land like there's usually a zone like this and it's just i don't know it's so bright and cheery it's like how i wish the world was all yeah. the time every now and then i'll be out walking and it'll just kind of hit me like oh this is nice yeah you know just think that all the time yeah it's like in uh new zealand or yeah something like that it's like yeah it's like if i went to new zealand or and went to hobbiton or something <laughs> yeah. just like this really lush beautiful place that just green everywhere green yeah it's really really beautiful yeah. All right. <laughs> um, so um, right after, okay. So Obi Wan, he's investigating with his tiny binoculars. Anakin's looking around. They're not really. They're kind of like, what the hell's going on here? And then suddenly we hear a voice, and this is going to be our first clip. Now, I must tell you, this is a clip-heavy episode. I have nine clips. Some of them are over a minute long. I I said on Twitter today, like this one's going to be like a clip show. There's so much here. Yeah, there's so much here that I just. It's better to let them explain it. It's than better to just listen, it. and then we can talk about it from there. So this is our first encounter of the episode. We hear a voice right after they get off of their shuttle, and here we go. Are you the one? What? What? Did you hear that? I didn't hear anything. Are you the one? Hello. <laughs> Who are you? I am Donna. Are you the one? Uh, the one what? I will take you to him. Him who? Uh, did you bring us here? Only he can help you. There is little time. Follow me. We must have shelter by nightfall. And we thought the planet was strange. 
How about this one? We'll be fine, as long as we stay together. Okay, so this is like super tall, uh, with flowing green hair. And a deep V. Yeah. She's wearing a deep V. She is a saucy minx. And Obi-Wan, <laughs> Obi-Wan is just like, Duchess who? Hitting it just, off yeah, right away. Just, hello. <laughs> hello. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Obi-Wan is right off the bat, horny as hell. Like, now she's like eight feet tall, yeah. I noticed. Like, Obi-Wan looks tiny next to her. <laughs> yeah. So does Anakin. Everybody looks tiny. She's huge. Um, but yeah, she, she, is, she goes by the name of Daughter. And what I started to refer to her as is the avatar of the light side of the Force. Yeah. Um, we'll talk more about Mortis as a whole. But this is, she kind of greets him and says, are you the one? And what they're referencing is the chosen one, which we get to here in a little bit. But... There, she is going to lead them to father. Yeah, um, and he's She's, apparently that's why they're there is to speak with father. And they like it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out that she's kind of the embodiment of the light side of the force. Like, well, she so looks, far she looks very angelic. Yeah, she. Um, what is that planet with the angels? And we see them oh, yeah. just briefly. Uh, uh, with that, Kevin McAllister. Yeah, like um, yeah. That's kind of it's like the moons of Diego with Kevin McAllister and the reprogrammed droids. Um, That's kind of what I thought she was at first. I was like, ah, it's one of them angel ladies, you know. Um, But you kind of quickly figure out, you know, if you have any Star Wars knowledge, you start to figure out what's going on here. Like, um, so they follow the green hair lady, and it's very cool because here in Mortis, the seasons change based on the time of day. So, like, as they're progressing, it's like turning into fall. And you see plants like kind of like dying off and it's like winter is almost coming or something like that. Um, There's no animals and Obi-Wan and Anakin both remark like the force is insanely strong here. And Obi-Wan says it's an intersection that he has never felt. It's something that's so strong he's never felt the force this strongly. Um, So they're kind of walking on this cliffside and we get our next clip. Excuse me. Who are you taking us to? The father, of course. Of course. And what exactly are you? We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle, the beginning, and the end. Glad she cleared that up for us. I love Ahsoka in this clip. She's like, <laughs> she's like, of course. <laughs> Ahsoka's really hit. There's home some runs. great mugging going on. Too. Yes, like her facial really expressions yeah. are great throughout th- the entire episode. I think something episode. comes out of her when she's around fancy lad Obi Wan. Yeah, like it's just like they just bring out this kind of like Obi Wan and Ahsoka time is so precious. <laughs> Should have been his Padawan. Should have been his Padawan. And it would have been more. It would have made for more interesting dynamics too, yeah. because he's very by the books. She's more of like a rebellious type soul. Like it would have just. Well, made... and that just begs the question: like, if she was Obi Wan's Padawan, would she still be rebellious, or would she more fall in line? Because I feel like she kind of adopted a lot of that from Anakin, yeah. And being so close to him, so I suppose if, so. If she was Obi Wan's apprentice, she might be a little bit more possibly cut by the book. We'll never know. Yeah, but I just enjoy them together. Um, so shortly after that little exchange, uh, a boulder falls down on this path. Um, Anakin pushes uh, the daughter, Avatar of the Light, forward, and they fall forward. Obi-Wan and uh, Ahsoka drop back. Obi-Wan almost falls off, but Ahsoka saves him by grabbing his hand, pulling him up. Um, but they're separated now by this giant boulder in the middle of the path where they're walking. Anakin and the light side Avatar on one side, daughter, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka are on the other side. Uh, Anakin goes to help her up, and she just snaps at him. She's like, it is forbidden for you to touch me. 
And then she kind of, you know, he's like, oh, I was just saving your life. You know, like <laughs> she would have got hit probably. I, yeah. I don't know. She's who knows if that would even harm her, though. Like, <laughs> like what kind of beans these are? I don't fucking know, man. Yeah. Um, but then she's like, this was my brother's work. You are in great danger. Wait for me. Do not leave this place. So she wants Anakin to just stand in place right there. And Anakin's like, um, she's running off. So Obi-Wan comes to him and they're going to be heading back to the ship. Um, Obi-Wan's like, just wait there. You know, we'll find a way around. We'll meet back up. And Anakin's like, nope, I'm heading off after her. Blah, blah, blah. Even though he was told to wait and she was very clear. Wait here. Um, Obi-Wan's like, ah, she's so reckless and impatient. Um, and Ahsoka's like, well, he'll find her. Don't worry. And he's like, yes. And what else will he find? Good point. <laughs> um, and they kind of see a storm brewing off in the distance. So they're just going to backtrack back to the ship. Um, when they get back to the, I don't know, the, the field where the ship landed, it's completely gone. Um, Obi-Wan is very fancy lad annoyed with this. Um, <laughs> and we're going to get our next clip. And we're about to get introduced to a very interesting new character. Everything's dying. Did you lose something? You didn't do as you were asked. And what was that? My sister said to wait. Did she now? Well, we were unfortunately separated. We'd like our ship back if you don't mind. Not yet. Is it true that he is the chosen one? What do you know of such things? What is about to happen shall occur. Whether you like it or not. He puts out his, their lightsabers. You are Sith. Sith. <laughs> yes. And no. The storms here are quite lethal. If you want to live, I suggest you find shelter. What in the universe was that? I'm not quite sure. Into a giant gargoyle. Yeah, so he, after he talks to them, he transforms in like this giant gargoyle bat-looking thing. Yeah. Um, so this is brother that she referenced briefly, and she says, "This is my brother's work." When they, you know, when the boulder was thrown down on them. Um, now he's clear. Like if you look at him, he resembles a Sith Lord. Yeah. Uh, kind of like a young Darth Malgus without the face. You know, he's getting cleaned up face still. Yep. Um, but he's got like some red on his face and like red, red glowing t- eyes. Red, yeah, red glowing eyes. He. He just strikes you as a Sith Lord. I mean, just the look. Yeah. But he kind of scoffs at that. He's like, yeah, I'm a Sith, but also... Am not. Am not. And so basically what he is, I call him the Dark Side Avatar. Yep. So we have Light Side, the daughter, and we have Dark Side, the brother. Typically, shows that deal with themes like this and movies that deal with themes like this, are, are you typically on board for that? The whole kind of like... I am and I am not like those types of kind of no with this I am okay with this I'm very on board with it yep and I think the daughter at some point said like we are the beginning the middle and the end like that type of stuff yeah and it's still I mean we'll get into it I mean we'll get into the conversation with the father in a little bit where he kind of clarifies a little bit that they were from the temporal world and they retreated to here so it's implied that they are actual like sentient beings. They're not gods. They're not, but they're. We'll, we'll talk about it some more. Um, he, but, he kind of enlightens us a little bit to it. But typically, this wouldn't kind of warrant an eye roll from you. Yeah, because it's, it's Star it's been Wars done so many times. But I mean, to see an embodiment of the Force, which is like 
so much of the appeal for me and the lore and just the myth behind everything. It's fucking cool. When, yeah. it, when it's Star Wars, it's it's a well-executed plot thing. I mean, it's, you know. So, yeah, I mean, so far, I'm all in already. And at this point, you know, you're kind of like, oh, okay, she was light side, he's dark side. And the whole Sith comment, too, like, yes and no. Yeah. You know? So, um, it's off to a really cool start here. It's very interesting what's going on here. But there's so many questions about this planet. Um... So, uh, right after that little conversation, he turns into a gargoyle bat thing, flies off, uh, lightning strikes the ground, uh, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka see a cave, and they run and head for cover in the cave. Um, we get to Anakin, and he's running off on his own, and he sees, like, this light in the distance, he's like, oh, it's a monastery, it's like a big tower-looking uh, thing. Yeah, he also, he also found a cave that he jumped into quickly, too. Briefly, yeah. He jumped in the cave. Lightning strike was all around him. He jumped in the cave, saw the monastery in the distance, and was like, oh, that's where I need to go. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And he just heads out right again. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just... But that's it. the thing. Like, the next scene, he's like... He's at <laughs> running the, down yeah. the corridor and of I had a, the monastery. If I had a real beef with this episode, that was it. Because it was implied that these storms are super dangerous. Yeah. And he, he was probably... I don't know. I don't know how big the planet is, but just like... It is miles. It is away. a ways out yeah, there. Yeah, miles. We'll yeah. say. Um, so, I would have liked to seen him have to traverse this planet or rock, whatever the hell you want to call it, and just kind of see what craziness encountered yeah. there. Like, there's a there was a lot left on the table there. Well, it just seems weird when we just had a scene where he was talking about how deadly the storms were and how yeah. Obi Wan and Ahsoka had to like run to safety and find a cave. Yeah. It was so, weird to just have him like be able to just traverse there, apparently. all of that territory in yeah, the middle just, of that. Yeah, we don't see any strife or yeah. anything. Like, they can't be that deadly then if he just made a beeline for yeah. it, you know? Um, so, yeah, but right after he says that, um, he heads for the monastery, and you just see him running up the steps of the monastery doing a Forrest Gump run. <laughs> the running, they're still working on the animation here. The yep. running did not look great. <laughs> Um, but he enters into the monastery, and there's this large hall. It's very cool. It reminded me of something you might see, like, in Zelda, like a Temple of yeah. Time or something it's like, like that. It's like a mix of that and Tron. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Temple of Time, only it has, like, narrow catwalk pathways, and it's dark. Like, yeah. Tron dark, kind of. Especially Breath of the Wild. It has a lot of the similar, like, glowing yes. kind of blue. Yeah, it's like a mix of Temple of Time mixed with a shrine mixed with yep. Tron on catwalks. It's cool. It's very cool looking. Um, and at the end of this giant hall is this old man that is meditating. Um, and so Anakin just sits down right in front of him and takes him a meditative position as well. And then the old man uh, opens his eyes and welcomes Anakin. And that's going to be our next clip. Welcome, my friend. What is it that you want from me? To learn the truth about who you really are. One that maybe you have known all along. One you must believe in order to fulfill your destiny. Enough with the riddles, old man. Tell me what's going on here. As you can see, there is nowhere else to go. It is late. You will be my guest tonight. Okay, so that's the father. Um, and behind the father, there are two statues, and it's like the gargoyle-looking things. One has, like, red eyes, I think, and one has the green eyes. Yep. And so that signifies daughter and the son. Yep. One's light a, and the one dark. is, like, a bat-looking gargoyle. The yeah, other is one's more like of a, a griffin. griffin. Yeah. yeah. And um, 
he sits in the middle of it, just meditates there. Um, now, he's an interesting looking guy. He's super tall. They're all super tall. They're like all eight feet tall. Yeah. And he's got like Mother Talzin forehead yeah. going on. I don't He's your classic like medieval wizard type character. Yeah. He looks like kind of like Dumbledore. He's got yeah. kind of the cone elf yeah. kind of looking hat. And then a long white beard. Yeah. And he also has like green glowy eyes. Yeah. Um, and you also notice in his voice, it's a mix of like dark and light. Yep. Like it's also very Mother Talzin. Yeah. Because Mother Talzin has that echo. Yep. You know, she has her normal voice and then she has the echo. Like he's got that going on too. Yep. But I think what they're signifying is he is like, he, he's the center of it all. Yeah. You know? Yep. He also has coke nails. Did you see that? Yeah, he does have coke nails. Yeah. <laughs> He's got some nails on him. I'd love it if the dude's just running like a Motel 6. Yeah. <laughs> dealing coke out of the back. <laughs> yeah. He's got some nails on him. And they're like black. Well, they're black. I love the fact that he's just like, it's getting late. You're going to be my guest. Yeah. He seems like an immortal, like, godlike creature. Yeah. And he's like, uh, once it gets past 1130, yeah. I get for you tuckered. to take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> I got to lay down. I'm an old man here. <laughs> Very interesting guy. Um, so Anakin's going to have a sleep over there. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And that's the father. So we've been introduced to the Trinity. We have the father, the daughter, and the son. Um, and I don't know. Like, it I guess just, it cracks me up that like every single scene we see with Anakin where someone's suggesting something to him or recommending something, he like almost cuts their heads off because he's so yeah. argumentative. <laughs> like on this mystery planet, this guy's like, why don't you fall asleep yeah. and be vulnerable for eight yes. hours? And Anakin's like, all right, that yeah. sounds like a plan. Go in that one room <laughs> that looks like yeah. a prison cell. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this one room at, a, at the end of a little tiny catwalk in the side of the fucking giant hall. <laughs> he doesn't say boo about that about it nothing <laughs> nothing i don't know maybe you know it's a strong the force is strong in this place maybe yeah. he just felt something like this was the right thing to do yep i don't know he is the chosen one yeah. so maybe there's something else at play or is he <laughs> um so yeah so he's having a sleepover at the monastery with father i don't know what father's planning on doing oh boy i don't know um so uh, we get to Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. They're in a cave, and they got a hell of a fire going. Like, they would be really handy at a bonfire. Yeah. They got a strong one. Who do you think worked that more, Obi-Wan or Ahsoka? Who do you think oh, that's Obi-Wan. You that's think Obi-Wan? Obi-Wan written all over. Yeah, probably. God, I bet you when he He's was on Tatooine. such a Boy Scout. Yeah, when he was on Tatooine, he was making badass bonfires. <laughs> they could have, like, sand people over for beers. <laughs> Absolutely. What's he going to do, sit by himself? Yeah, I don't know. He, oh, God, I hope in the Obi-Wan series we get some, like, good sand people peacekeeping type oh, yeah. action. I guarantee you, the negotiator. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, they're in the cave. Ahsoka's sleeping. Um, Obi-Wan is kind of just sitting awake. He's very restless. You can, He's not in, like, a meditative, like, posture. He's in, like, both of his... His, his elbows are on his knees and he's sitting on a rock and he just looks kind of stressed out. There's also leading into it. There's some interesting camera work. I did write cinematography is flawless. It like it looks like some creature kind of like a mysterious like flying around yeah. the cave and you're looking at it as like a POV of that yes. creature. So like they can't see anything, but like something is circling them and like getting close to them and away from them. I don't know, it's just a really cool like cinematography yeah. there. It's it's really cool. Um, and I think who it is is we find out yeah. what that is. Uh, so Obi-Wan is sitting there restless, and then he's greeted by an old friend. So let's take a listen to our next clip. Obi-Wan, have you done as I asked? 
Have you trained the boy? Master Qui-Gon, how are you here? I am here because you are here. No, I, I don't understand. What is this place? Unlike any other, a conduit through which the entire force of the universe flows. Are we in danger? This planet is both an amplifier and a magnet. Three are here who seek Skywalker. They, like me, believe him to be the Chosen One. You were right. The Force within him is stronger than any known Jedi. I've trained him as well as I could, but he's still willful and balance eludes him. If he is the Chosen One, he will discover it here. And if not? Then you must realize with his power, this is a very dangerous place for him to be. Okay, so that was Qui-Gon Jinn. Played by Liam Neeson. God, he's got a great voice. Yes. I I, I didn't even have to look it up. I was like, they brought in... Yeah. Le fucking good on them. Yeah. I'm so glad they didn't cheap out on that. Yep. That was fucking great. Yeah. So that was the Force Ghost of Qui-Gon Jinn. And Obi-Wan, like, lights his lightsaber up. This is the first time we've seen... I mean, a Force Ghost. Yeah. I and mean, chronologically, this was probably the first Force Ghost. Because if you remember at the end of Revenge of the Sith... Yoda has training for Obi-Wan on Tatooine and is, you know. And he teaches him how to communicate with. Yeah. A, an old friend of yeah. yours has figured out how to commune through, you know, um, and that's Qui-Gon. So uh, Qui-Gon appears to Obi-Wan here, and he's probably, it makes sense. It lines up with the Revenge of the Sith because Obi-Wan's like, Qui-Gon, like right away he knew it. And he probably thought back, I mean, you know, if we're doing this storyline-wise, Probably was thinking back to this cave appearance, and he's like, what the fuck was that? You know, like, <laughs> oh, I get it now. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I feel bad for Obi-Wan with Qui-Gon. I know. It's just Anakin, Anakin, Anakin. Yeah, all the time. And it's just like, I don't know. I When I was watching The Phantom Menace again, I actually like, felt bad for Obi-Wan, because I think he, like, really looked up to Qui-Gon, and, like, it was a father figure yeah. for him. And it's just, it, as soon as they met Anakin, it was, like, all about getting Anakin trained. It was yep. all about Anakin. And then he fucking dies. Yeah. And his last words are, train the boy. <laughs> you know, like, I wonder if we'll ever see any kind of appearance from Liam Neeson we need in him. live action. We need him in the Obi-Wan series. In the Obi-Wan series, like we know that Hayden Christensen has been cast as yes. some kind of role. Yeah. I'm wondering if they're just kind of... He was doing of... an interview recently. I think it was on Kimmel. Hayden Christensen or Liam, Liam Neeson? Neeson? Okay. And he said he had not been contacted, which is bullshit. <laughs> That's bullshit. Like, not been contacted? Like, uh -huh. that's a tell right there. Yeah. Like, they definitely contacted you. Yeah. Because it's known that you were, like, the first commune in death with the Force. Like, they definitely God, contacted if he you. pops up There in is 0% chance Filoni did not pick up that phone. Yeah. Zero. Now, I'm not saying he agreed to do anything, but what I am saying is, that's a fucking lie. <laughs> and what would be the point of lying? Like... Because he's going to show up. Yeah. He's going to be in it, and I'm going to throw a fucking chair through a window because I'm going to be so fucking excited. God, it was so good to see him. And hear him. Yeah. It makes such a difference actually having him voice the character. Yes. God, it added so much. They could have got like somebody cheap probably yeah. that like does a decent impression. We are so lucky that his wife tragically died, oh, and no. he was open to doing this work. Here you go again. <laughs> I'm serious. It was that time where he was like, I'll do anything. I'm heartbroken. I need to work to keep my mind sane. That's when he turned into an action star. Yeah, that's when he did Taken and The Grey and like all of those movies. Yeah. <laughs> just... 
he praised his wife's death. <laughs> it was tragic. That's my dark side moment of the episode, by the way. Adam praising <laughs> the tragedy. She was a great actress, too. She was yeah. in Parent Trap. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Natalie. Oh, yeah. What's her last name? I forget. Oh, you're the one that's it's mocking Neeson. the whole thing. You should at least remember her name. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the one mocking this. I'm just kidding. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So, interesting stuff there. Like he that that last line he has. If he is the chosen one, he'll find out here. If not, this is a very dangerous place for him because of how powerful he is. Yes. So, um, we're going to find out a whole lot about Anakin in this episode, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that really sets the table. Um, so we get to Anakin sleeping in his prison cell. <laughs> he is not pulling a Dooku. He's got one little sheet kind yeah. of covering him. And he's very restless. Have we ever seen Anakin get a peaceful night's sleep? <laughs> he is always restless sleeping. I don't think he's had a REM sleep his entire no. life. Yeah, like, that's why he's just such a curmudgeon. He's just, he can't get a good night's sleep. The guy's a solid just, eight hours. Yeah, they need to put him on a sleep study. There's no, like... <laughs> Is there no like sleep studies on Coruscant? Can we not get this guy some fucking help? Like, what kind of fucking, what kind of insurance does he have? <laughs> is it not covered? It doesn't cover sleep apnea. Apparently not. Anakin, Anakin is struggling. Okay, he's struggling to sleep in his prison cell. I struggle to fucking sleep there too. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah creepy room at this monastery on this strange planet you arrived on four hours ago. You know, it looks very chilly too. And it's got not look, it's not a welcoming sheet. room at all. Like I. Uh, when I was 16, I was arrested and put in juvenile hall for three days. What? It reminded me of that. When did this happen? 16? Yeah. What were you doing? I haven't heard this story. Do we want to get into it now? Well, we got time. Go ahead. Do we? <laughs> okay. So I've struggled with depression and OCD and stuff. When I was about that age, it was manifesting really bad. And I was very unregulated. Um, and I had like this big presentation in front of like a large classroom to do the next day and i had barely started it and i got super stressed out and i freaked out and i began to lash out i was like throwing shit in my room like okay. i was an unregulated at home yeah so okay. I, was, I was very emotionally unregulated at the time and i had all these things anxiety. your mom's or dad's my mom's okay so i had all these things like just going on in my head like i was not stable i was not medicated yet i was not diagnosed with anything yet I'm prefacing that. So <laughs> I don't throw things anymore, okay? I was a troubled kid. Um, but anyways, my mom was really concerned for my safety. She was worried I was going to hurt myself. This is not a funny story. <laughs> no. Anyways. It's still interesting. She was calling 911 to get an ambulance to go take me in to be assessed. I was not having that. So I took the phone out of her hands when she was on line with an operator, 911 operator, and I hung the phone up. That's a gross misdemeanor. <laughs> It's called 911 interference. Oh, no. So five minutes later or so, the Maplewood police show up at the doorstep. They come in. They say, you got to come with us. And I was like, no, I'm not coming. So I started to run up the steps. Of course, the police slammed me into the steps because, yeah, yeah, I'm going to escape upstairs. Like, whatever. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to. You're not in your right mind. Clearly. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, I get slammed on the steps. I get cuffed and arrested. And instead of going to the hospital to be evaluated, like. And I was very clearly, like, not okay. Yeah, yeah, They brought me to juvenile hall. Of course. And I spent three days there. Oh, my God. Three days before I got a court date, and they released me to my dad. That's ridiculous. And I went back home, and within a few months, they had figured out what was going on with me. Some of it. Um, OCD diagnosis came later. But things got better. Like, yeah. that was my last, like, meltdown. 
And I, you know, I've had horrible panic attacks and a lot of things, but I've never like melted down like I did that time. Yeah. Again. Well, and sometimes it takes that to finally get the help yeah. that you need and get the actual diagnosis that leads yes. to stability. But really, and... I should have ended up in, I should have been in a hospital. Of course. Yeah. yeah. We're, our system's tragically broken. Yes. Like, it's, it's not good. Yeah, so I got charged with a gross misdemeanor, and I got thrown in a downtown St. Paul jail cell. For That's where the juvenile hall was. I don't know if it's still there, but that's where the Ramsey County one yeah, is. Yeah. And I remember it was like a super rainy night, and they couldn't put you in what's called a pod at first, because there's like pods where you had like a bunkmate, and then there's like eight pods where there's like two kids in each one, and then there's like a center like activity room. Yeah. Yep. That's what it's like. That's what it's like when you get put in with the population. But the first night, they can't put you in a pod at 10 p.m. So I got put in just this, like, room. It was just this blank fucking room. And it was just like this fucking place. <laughs> and there was, like, a little window that looked out on downtown St. Paul. And it was rainy. And it was the worst night of my fucking life. I was just crying the whole time. You got that big red w- number one shining yeah. in every three seconds yeah. or whatever. Click around. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the exact view, but... I distinctly remember most other things, and it was the worst night of my life. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah, so. and I'm sure that communication was not existing. No, and a also. priest showed up, luckily, and talked to me. <laughs> and now my dad, to this day, still like raves about that priest. <laughs> he knows his fucking name. They like talk to each other. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I thank God every day he showed up that night. And it's like, well, what I was going to do is not like I could hurt myself in there. Yeah. Anyways, but wow. yeah, but yeah, right. it was actually really nice that he showed up and talked to me. Yeah, I had nothing. Oh, yeah. I didn't have a book. Yeah. It was Being, just me in this dim room. Yeah. Being detained sucks. Yeah. And like does. the one time that in, we don't have time, but I'll get into it another time. The one time that I was detained <laughs> again, like there's no nobody tells you anything. You don't know how no, long you you're going to be in there. there. And the only respite that I had, because I've heard a couple other people walk up to the guards and ask, like, when are we getting out of here? Do you have any idea? And they basically told that person to go fuck himself and sit down yeah. and be quiet and don't talk. And so the only person that I had is because I'm type one diabetic. There's some like lady that came in with like apples. <laughs> she was like, if you need anything for your blood, like I I'm here and I can help you with this. And I was like, you gotta help me. How long am I going to be in here? Here's a red delicious. Here's a red delicious. Shut up. <laughs> Okay, where were we? Oh, yeah, Anakin, restless sleep. Yeah, so he was having a restless sleep in his little prison cell, his little jail cell. It's a rainy night. There's a lot of storm going on, and he is greeted by an old pal. The old pal, Mama Shmee. Yeah. And we're going to get our next clip. This is just clip after clip, but... So Anakin's sleeping, and he's awoke by this voice. Wake up, my son. I must tell you a secret. Who's there? Who's there, I said. It is me, Annie. Your mother. What kind of black arts is this? You're dead. Nothing ever really dies, my son. I have a secret to tell you. Then tell me. Everything you have done, everything you have learned, has led you here. Whatever you are, my mother is... is dead. And you blame yourself. Your Jedi training has served you well, Annie. 
But you are more than a Jedi. Tell me, where is your pain? So I might take it away. I was too late to save you. I failed as a Jedi and I failed you. How so? I tasted only vengeance when I slaughtered so many to avenge your death. It is time you realize that your guilt does not define you, my son. You defined your guilt. The only love I feel in my heart is haunted by what would happen should I let go. Then it is not love. It is a prison. True! I, I have a wife. You've met her. She's everything to me. She's not your destiny. But I love her. No! She is a poisoner! What are you? Your fate! Okay. So, Shmi, at that point, turns into the Dark Gargoyle. Yeah. Um, so we find out that that's actually the Dark Side Avatar talking to Anakin. It's not a Force ghost of his mom. It's the Dark Side Avatar. Also, not worth a whole Who Are You segment, but... Did that's, you look yeah, up yeah, the that's, voice? Yeah, it's yeah. actually Shmi yep. from the movies. Yep. Like, they went all out on this one. Yeah. It's great. Like, I love it. Like, yeah. Um, what's her name? Pernilla? Uh, Pernilla August. Pernilla August. So, yeah, that is actually the woman that played Shmi Skywalker. Yeah. And a couple of things from that, too. So, one, we actually learned he's not a sociopath because he feels a tremendous amount of guilt for murdering an entire village. Uh, and two... I thought the line was super interesting where he said the only love in his heart is haunted by the thought of him letting go. And I'm, what is that? I I listened. I went back and forth on it to try to figure out what he meant by that. And I think what he means is the only love that he's been able to conjure in his heart is not free. He's not free to feel that because... He's so scared of losing it? He's so scared of losing it. So he's constantly, he has to be in control. So it's like somebody who's everything. finally, like, you know, when I had, uh, like, one of my early girlfriends, and I just was, like, finally, I was, like, super in love with her. But the whole time, like, I wasn't really enjoying it because I just constantly thought I was going to lose her. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, you know how it is. When you first, those early relationships, you're just kind of, like, developing this emotion and how to handle it and deal with it. And you're more worried about losing that than enjoying it. Yeah. And I think it's something that people still struggle with, even in, you know, more adult relationships. Yeah. Like, a lot of times people think, oh, this is too good to be true. And they just think about losing it all yeah. the time. Well, and the same thing happens with, like, pets, like dogs and cats. Like, you get a brand new dog or a brand new yeah. cat. Like... I grew up with, there's a reason I stress out with that type of stuff because of my childhood. Yeah. But if you just think about when that dog or cat is going to die 10, oh, yeah, no. 15 years from now, you're going to miss out on everything. Yeah. But, and I think with pets, we do a better job with it. But it's still, even now, like just a couple months in with Ahsoka, I'll just like be having a great time and they'll just think about like, oh, we'll remember what happened with Sadie. Yeah, like yeah. That will happen someday. Yeah. And you're going to have to deal with that again. And it's like... It's just a way, it's just, I don't know, that's love though. Like yeah. these things happen when you love something. You yep. have moments of doubt. But it sounds like Anakin can't get past the moments of doubt and he just lives in constant doubt. Yeah. Um, and, but in, I think that is a really great example of why the Emperor kind of appeals to him. And he winds up in a position, like Vader is in complete control of everything. Like yeah. he's controlling so much. And it's the one thing that Anakin feels like is the one thing that will protect the only love that he has in his heart. Yeah. 
So I think like it's an interesting line to kind of throw out, especially as he's talking to his, as he thinks his mom. Yes. Um, now his dark side avatar sees right through him, like plays, it plays him like a fiddle mm-hmm. very easily there. Um, so I don't, it's really interesting. It's almost like this is a sign. It's, it's foreshadowing. It's a sign of things to come. This is Anakin being tempted by the dark side. To let go of the guilt and the pain and the fear. It's the dark side calling to him. And this dark side avatar clearly is, I mean, they think he's the chosen one. But clearly wants to bring him to that side of things. Yeah. yeah but this is like beyond becoming a Sith Lord. Yeah. This is like tilting. This is how it feels. It feels like it's tilting the entire balance for the entire galaxy. Yep. Like there's so much force power here. It's almost like the center of... the. The force almost. That's what it feels like. To well, me. It, a lot of this, I feel like, has the, the main theme of the entire episode is kind of it goes on balance and feeling guilty and that type of thing. But I, th- I can't remember if it was the father or the daughter, but someone says something about like the Sith or the Jedi. And it just made me think like it, it's I think the father said something about like you're thinking too small or like that's in the next clip that we get yeah, to. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the next clips. But it's it's true like if you're looking at the light side and the dark side and you're only equating yes. it to the Jedi, Jedi and, the, and Sith. the Sith, it's like yeah. you have a very narrow view. Well, it's just like a political system in America. Yeah, exactly. If you literally think just Democrats and Republicans and your idea of a leftist, a leftist is a democrat, you're fucking out of your mind. I remember like, talking to adults in saying I, I remember saying, like, well, the problem is most people think conservative is just automatically Republican and liberal is automatically Democrat. In reality, those things are not re- yeah. related. They're just aligned at the moment and they shift over time. And adults were like, what are you talking about? It's like, you're supposed to be smarter yes. than me. That, it, this is why people literally think, like, Nancy Pelosi is a communist. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Not even close. Oh, we're not even going to get into the Overton window. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It's been moving right, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't listen to fucking anything anyone says. Uh, anyways. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's this. It, it it plays on this whole, like, gray area thing that people just don't seem to recognize. Yeah. Like, there's, you know, there's teams and that's it. You know, whether it's Jedi, whether there's Jedi Sith, whether it's po- political parties, so many things in life. Yeah. You know, there's just like people go to take a side of things and yep. that's it. And- but in getting back to what you were saying, like it goes beyond just the Sith. It's the dark side as a whole, which yes. is a much stronger yes. evil presence. Um, yeah. I, it's just tough to tell. I We need to know more about these three avatars mm-hmm. i need more and we get a little a little enlightenment from the father and coming up in one of our clips that we can discuss here in a minute let's move on with the episode though um so we get back to the cave and ahsoka is awoke by a voice and that is going to be our next clip there's just a ton of clips yeah. i mean you just kind of have to play it so ahsoka is awoken by a voice and let's take a listen are you happy child Your master, does he treat you well? This is adult Ahsoka. What concern of it is yours? I am your future, your potential, 
This is a trick. There is a wildness to you, young one. Seeds of the dark side planted by your master. Do you feel it? No. He is like no other Jedi. Passionate, impulsive, but I trust him with my life. There are many contradictions in you. And in him. Be warned. You may never see your future if you remain his student. Leave this planet! Ahsoka? I had a vision. I think Anakin may be in trouble. Okay. So, um, that was Ahsoka, adult Ahsoka, speaking to young Ahsoka. Um, I don't know. Now, it was not a Force ghost. Obviously, Ahsoka's still alive. So, it's one of the avatars, I'm assuming. And that's kind of left up to us to to decide. determine. Like, and even Qui-Gon. Like, was that Qui-Gon or was that... I think that was Qui-Gon. Someone pulling the strings. I mean, just based on, you know, aesthetics of it, like, Qui-Gon clearly looked like what we would call a Force ghost, whereas these are more where Shmi and older Ahsoka are... They don't have like the the you know they look like yeah. living beings, um, uh, yeah they don't look like specters. Yeah, but also so you had just said you watched the Mandalorian episode with Rosario. Yes, this is kind of what I was hoping Rosario was going to end up looking like because as Tegruda, the Liku are shorter. Yeah, yeah. when Tegruda grow old, they yeah. like their Liku grow. Liku are the head tails yeah. for anyone. And I think you mentioned not... before, it just was getting in the way of like the they fight. They tried, yeah. yeah. Like the action, they weren't working well, so they had to like shorten them up. Sure. But this is like what I was hoping to see, or what I was thinking I was yeah. going to see in The Mandalorian. Yep. Now, I don't know. I kind of think it's the light side specter. It is interesting, too, that so Obi-Wan had Qui-Gon, and Qui-Gon is talking to Obi-Wan pretty much about like stuff that's going on in the present yes um like what's happening now with anakin what he needs to look out for mm -hmm. uh when anakin's talking to shmi it's all about like past stuff yeah like his guilt and his guilt coming from the past yeah and then now ahsoka's apparition apparition is just talking about the future yeah and what and that's you know what to... the light side avatar said is we are the beginning the yep. middle and the end. So you're getting all three perspectives of that here. Um, now, I don't. I just think it, my personal opinion is that was the light side specter, because there is a brewing darkness in Anakin, and by brewing darkness, I mean uh, fear, jealousy, guilt, just all these emotions that we're always warned about lead to a dark path. Yeah. And, she, and so said, she said that he's planting seeds of the dark side in her. And like, yes. it's all of those examples that he's setting. Yeah. So I almost feel like it was the light side specter dropping in to warn her maybe. Um, but also, you know, when we learn a little bit more about father, father wants Anakin to stick around. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll talk about that in a little bit here, but Maybe that was father trying to get Obi-Wan and Ahsoka to take off without him. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're well trying to be. pull on that string, you know. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's kind of ambiguous as to who it was, but I, I think the warning is legit. Yeah. I don't think it's the dark side one. Um, I just don't see them doing that. I, so I, it seemed like a legit warning from a concerned person. What reason they're concerned for, I don't know, but... 
in I feel like a so what episode was it that Ahsoka had a similar reaction when someone like questioned Anakin or said something negative about Anakin? She had some kind of reaction like she did here, where she's like, "He's the most powerful Jedi ever," and like she was very defensive of him in the yeah. past too. Yeah, she is very defensive of him. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It God, for all we know, this place is so like. <laughs> unique and just odd that could have been her talking to herself yeah, yeah. you know yeah I, it very well could be it could just be her projecting like an image from the future yeah you know the beginning the middle and the end like they are they are talking this place to... like is not temporal like the father even says this is not temporal space yeah like this could be god knows what it's like a nexus point in between yes a bunch of like different all time can intersect reality here or something yeah. you know like who knows i don't fucking know but what i will say this is i think the things that were said to Ahsoka here are valid based on what we know about what happens with Anakin. And just to check in with you, still cool? Still cool with the themes and stuff going on? Yeah. Very cool. I'm liking this. Yeah. I like this. is a great... <laughs> but it is Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> this is Star Trek shit! Which is fucking fine yeah. by me. I mean, I'm sure the writers of this show enjoy Star Trek too, yeah. you know? Anybody write gets into sci-fi fantasy writing probably has like a very a plethora of things that they well, enjoy. Well, apparently this was all George Lucas. This is like all the This was from George himself. This was all rattling around George Lucas's head. Good. Um I saw an interview with Filoni and he said that cuz like George just comes in and talks to the writers and George was telling this story and like one of the writers stopped him and was like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait." And, like, ran in, got Filoni, and he was like, you got to get in here and listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> like, grab Filoni See, and this is what in. George is good at. Yeah. George is good at world building, story building. He's just not good at putting it out there. Yeah. Well, like, his, his whole... dialogue is so bad. His whole idea for the, the sequel trilogy was go going to revolve around... Have you heard the, the term the wills? Like the will of the force, the wills are supposed to be this microscopic, like creatures that live inside of metachlorians sure. or something like that. Um, but the wills are kind of like these characters. Sure, they're kind of like the embodiment of the force. And yeah, um, what is that in um, Sisters of Fate in ancient Greek myth? Um, they were they played a central role in one of the God of War games. God, what the heck were they called? I don't know, but that's what this strikes me. The Sisters oh, okay. of Fate, I believe. Um, let's see here. The Fates. Greek mythology, the Fates. Um, and there was three of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's big on that type of thing. Sure. Like the force and having an embodiment of it, have like being actual people that can okay. communicate via the force or metachlorians. Yeah. Very cool. Um I don't know. There's, I want to talk about that a little more, but let's, you know, we got some clips that yeah, will yeah. kind of enlighten us to that a little more, I think. Um, and it's actually going to be this next clip here. So um, this was shortly after Anakin was approached by uh, the Avatar of the Dark Side, tricked into believing it was his mother briefly. Um, Anakin goes into the main chamber and he finally, we finally get good old Anakin just pulling out lightsabers on people. <laughs> yeah. um, so father is meditating and Anakin heads out to the main chamber and ignites his lightsaber right in his face and that is going to be our next clip this is a little bit of a long one but i think this conversation plays off of what we've been talking about a lot and enlightens us a little more to who these avatars are so cannot sleep 
To strike an unarmed man is hardly the Jedi way. You're a Sith Lord. You have a very simple view of the universe. I am neither Sith nor Jedi. I am much more. And so are you. I see through your spells and visions, old man. Tell me what is going on here. Some call us horse wielders. Yeah. He grabs the lightsaber. The Jedi have never spoken of this. Hmm. Few still know of our existence. In that room, my mother came to me. But it was not her. It was something else. Ah. My son, I suspect. We can take many forms. The shapes we embody are merely a reflection of the life force around us. You carry a great sadness in your heart. My children and I can manipulate the force like no other. Therefore, it was necessary to withdraw from the temporal world and live here as anchorites. As a sanctuary? And a prison. You cannot imagine what pain it is to have such love for your children and realize that they could tear the very fabric of our universe. I don't understand. It is only here that I can control them. A family in balance, the light and the dark. Day with night. Destruction replaced by creation. Then why reveal yourselves to us? There are some who would like to exploit our power. The Sith are but one. Too much dark or light would be the undoing of life as you understand it. When news reached me that the Chosen One had been found, I needed to see for myself. The Chosen One is a myth. Is it? I should very much like to know. Why don't we find out together? Pass one test, and I shall know the truth. Then, you and your friends may leave. Okay, so a lot to unpack there. Yeah! Um, one, the jet... Okay, the first thing that I want to get off my chest here and just watching this episode, I've always kind of... I've never dug deep into the whole Chosen One prophecy. Okay, so what I'm going off of here, and I didn't dig deep into it since watching this episode... So what I'm going off here is what I see in the movies when it's mentioned and what I've seen in the show when it's mentioned. So the Chosen One is supposed to bring balance to the Force. Uh, and, you know, they imply, is Anakin not the one to destroy the Sith and bring balance to the Force? How is that bringing balance to anything? It's from the Jedi's point of view. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, on its face, it's the dumbest thing ever. Like, that's not balance. That's completely one-sided. Well, the Jedi view themselves as the balance keepers. Yes. Well, then, <laughs> I mean, it that is extremely dense and short-sighted. Yep. It's actually dumb. Like, it's literally dumb to think that way. The, the only way that I could possibly get behind it is the Sith want to completely wipe out the Jedi. It's like that, that thing. It's a paradox. So they're the for, Hoover Dam. It's it's a it's a tolerance an intolerance paradox. Yeah. So Anytime yeah. you tolerate intolerance, 
it's a paradox and in intolerance will just find a way in. That's the whole it's the defense of like when people want to punch Nazis or just shut down Nazis from talking and they're able to be like, what? Oh, I thought you believed in free speech. I thought you believed in equality. So a Nazi can't talk. It's like, no, they're intolerant assholes. And if you let them talk, they will shut down everyone else. Yeah. So it's like this paradox of not. So if the Sith truly are like that, that's the only way I could possibly see the Jedi argument making sense. Yes. I, okay, from that perspective, I can see it, but I think it's just pretty narrow-minded. Yes. Um, you know. Oh, I think the Jedi have proven themselves to like yeah. be pretty narrow-minded. Yeah. And so, I mean, that this just whole clip is just like, you know, he's like your whole, you know, your worldview or your whole view of, you know, the force is so small minded. Yeah. And it is. It's super small minded. Like there's so much gray area there that's just never acknowledged. And it's almost like this guy right here, the father, like he's everything that the Jedi Order should strive to be as far as I'm concerned. Finding balance. and The true balance. Yep. Like there are moments where. You know, and I hate to reference the Dawn of the Jedi book again, but the Jedi, the, the Jedi, Jedi <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are more gray. Yeah. And on, it's not like they're bad people. They do good, but sometimes they have to do things that are unbecoming for the greater good. And like, now that's a really tricky subject to get into. And there are times where someone may try to justify something for the greater good that turns out to be a horrendous action yeah see the iraq war yeah or something you know the war the whole war on terror was a disaster under the guise of doing something for the greater good yep now how honest they were being about doing something for the greater good Uh, but i'm just using it as an example like intentions matter a lot of the times yeah well and i'm sure like seeing the jedi evolve from the jedi um I think once you are successful as a group, that's where dogma comes from. You're just trying to streamline shit and make it easier. So you come up with weird, stupid rules and good intention wise at first. But like, that's why they've kind of grown from this gray kind of seeing both sides to a very narrow minded sect. Basically. Anchorite. Yeah, so that's like somebody who is... That was a good word, huh? Yeah. It's somebody who's retreated from society in a religious way. Yep. Um, so they are uh, hermits, yeah. almost. Monks. Like, monks, yeah. yeah. It's a monastery. I mean, he calls it a monastery. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what it is. So it's these three, and, you know, he says, we left the temporal world. We became... They were too in tune with the Force. Like, it was dangerous for them to be out amongst the, the galaxy. Yeah. So they have retreated, and he holds the light and the dark there together. And he's like the glue that keeps them together so they don't get too out of control on one side or the other. Yeah, and it's like that cliche saying, like, without darkness, there can be no light. Yes. And vice versa, like, you need both. Yeah, and and he's like creation, destruction, you know, life and death, like everything. There is that balance, and there's the middle, and one cannot exist without the other. Yeah. And so just on its face, like the balance, bringing balance to the force is being that fucking guy. Yeah. Like, and it's like a burden unto himself because it seems like he's trying to 
tell he's trying to find the chosen one that can control his children yes because he's the only person in the universe that seems yes. to be able and he's to been control i don't know how long two. they've been there but he has been like bearing this cross yeah the entire time um so he that's why the interest in the chosen one but i find it interesting when we go back to one of the earlier clips with the sun like the dark side clearly plays up the role of the dark side. They are more manipulative. They are trying to pull you hard in that direction, whereas the light just kind of exists. Yeah. The light is very, I don't know. And that's getting to, like, Jedi versus Sith. Yeah, like, that kind of argument. Yes. Where Jedi are more democratic. They're just kind of... Yes. Dogmatic but, and yeah. narrow-minded. Yes, but the Sith are actively trying to destroy, destroy things. stuff. And yeah. Hoard yeah. power. Um, yeah, I mean, so the Jedi are clearly, there's no debate about this. We can debate their dogma, which is fucking wrong and short-sighted. They're the good guys. Yeah. There's no doubt about this. They're the good guys. The way they're approaching it, though, is just wrong. They need to come more towards the middle and where this guy stands and think of it more in, you know, just broaden their horizons a bit when it comes to how they deal with the Force and how they attack the dark side. Like, they, they should be the glue. The Jedi Order should be the glue that holds the light and the dark together yep. and keeps them at bay. Because, um, I don't know, like, I think about, it like, humanity just as a whole. Like, you can get very philosophical. We, we can go yeah. down this road. Think about humanity as a whole. Like, humans fuck up. Yeah. Like, the best person fucks up and does stupid shit. Like, and the Jedi have this ideal. Their dogma is just this I- idolized version of life. Where everything is good and it's, just, yeah, and it just you, it's impossible. It's still it's it's binary thinking. Yeah, and I, like anytime you come across these people that like just think that way, it's just so annoying. Yes, like there's always going to be shades of gray, and it seems like the Jedi have just reached a point where if you do certain things, even if you're a good person, or you might be able to be redeemed, it's like no, you've crossed a line, and you're you're yeah out of there but like that's the space that they need to be more comfortable in yes it's not until that you start identifying those areas and cultivating them that you can truly understand where that balance is this is a great episode <laughs> this is a fucking like it is also crazy the guy man. grabbed onto a lightsaber with his bare hands <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i don't like I looked that up too. That's a force ability. Oh, it that's is the same force ability that, like, uh, when Dooku force lightning Yoda and Yoda kind of like turned it. it into a ball and yeah. like put it out. And it, Kylo Ren, when he froze the blaster bolt, it's a force ability that's called uh, Tutaminus. Okay, um, and it's just basically like using the force to absorb or channel power that's yeah. being like. Or redirect power You're like that's a conduit being shot at you. Yeah, you're gonna take it in and then redirect it. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, so on top of like all the questions that this conversation poses about the Jedi, the Sith, the light and the dark, all this stuff, like I'm also left wondering, like, okay, so they were once part of the temporal galaxy. They were once out amongst us, we'll say, but now they are recluse. They are anchorites. They have gone into this. I don't know, this triangle asteroid thing. <laughs> you know, the seasons are crazy. The lightning's all over the fucking place. Like, what are they? Yeah. Are th- 
they're not gods. I mean, and if they were part of the temporal world, it's implied that they are not like these immortal beings. The the f- it's like the uh, you get the feeling like they are some kind of organic creature that's just so in tune with the force that they've that... ascended to almost like a higher plane of existence. Yes. But are okay, so they are the you know, it's like he says, this is the only place I can control them. Okay, fine. So. Does that mean they were just too strong for the temporal world? Or are you saying you have to control them because they are so in tune with the force that they can shift the balance based on their own power? I think that's what it is. That's what he's getting at. Like they've both become too strong and too in tune with the force. With their own with their own power and dark side. That if they are not checked at all times, it's going to fuck everything up. Yeah. In the temporal. It will throw off the balance. Like, the universe has its own balance of light and dark. Sure. And if either one of them get out into the universe, it'll throw off that balance. So he's keeping them there. Yeah. It's almost like detention for them there. Yes. That's the, at least that's the way that I interpreted it. Okay. I don't know. It's just. Oh, it's a heavy one, man. I know. It's just like, that is the most plausible explanation. That, like, they're too strong. If they get out of here, I can't contain them. Shit's going to go crazy. Like, but then at the same time, I'm like, are they just the force? Yeah. Like, have they ascended so much that they have, like, encompassed the force and become it? And they are just the avatars of the force. And they're clearly, like, representative. But are they, like, the literal, like, talking force? Yeah. I don't fucking know. But... Oh, God, this episode. <laughs> God! <laughs> okay, just think back to supply lines when Jar Jar Banks was dancing on the table <laughs> and flipping cups in the air and that Nemoidian, that Nemoidian was like clapping and having the time of his life. This show is nuts. It's fucking nuts. Okay. Um, so after that conversation with Anakin and father, uh, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka are out walking lovely day returning to the planet. Like yeah. life is coming back. The dark side night has passed and now the light side day is upon us again. It's turning into Nagrin again. Very exciting. We're in the burning crusade. It's world of Warcraft. Yeah. Um, so they're just having a lovely little conversation. They're like, Anakin will be fine. You know, we'll find him here. He's going to be all right. He won't be duped that easily. Well, Obi-Wan says something too, that seemed a bit odd based on what, Ahsoka and Obi-Wan were talking about he, Obi-Wan said uh, he said something like Anakin won't be deceived easily yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. And it was just weird. Like, I don't remember him and Ahsoka talking about having to deceive Anakin in order to... Is he assuming that Anakin is going to let the power go to his head and it's going to be hard to get him to leave? I kind of took it as like, possibly, but at the same time, they did have the encounter with the dark side avatar the brother um and he's like you were told not to leave you know you were told not to move blah 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 maybe they are implying that they're afraid that he went to anakin and tried to deceive him into accomplishing some sort of goals you know i i don't know i mean it's kind of tough flying and god knows who knows what the fuck they're this is the problem with this thing like this is great but it's 22 minutes yeah like we had the whole like storm or lightning, where lightning and everything was hitting the f- shit was hitting the fan, and Anakin's just at the monastery in two seconds. Yeah, 
Same with this. Like, who knows? Like, I would have loved to see the conversation that Obi-Wan and Ahsoka have, like, before they fell asleep. Why did they make this the movie? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Like, this. Fuck, dude. Cast it, man. Film the fucker. Let's just turn this into a two-hour movie. Like, I just would have loved to. Like, what was the conversation? Ahsoka and Obi- What do Ahsoka and Obi-Wan talk about? Yeah. When it's just them. I don't know. So who knows what they... I'm sure they discussed Anakin. It's kind of like um, in Seinfeld when George and Elaine... like <laughs> When Jerry's out of the when room Jerry's and they out don't of the know room what to do. And they, don't, they, they meet up at the coffee shop and then they, they find that they don't have anything to talk about until they start talking about Jerry. <laughs> he's like the one common bond behind them. And I, I wonder if it was just them sitting around the fire like talking shit about Anakin, like about the dumb shit he does. Do you, you think Ahsoka at any point asked Obi-Wan if he's ever seen Anakin throw up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just shit like that. Like, that's what it probably was like. It's something that, I don't know, we still got a lot of episodes to go yeah. on this. Maybe we'll get it. I don't know. But it would have been great. And I think there's just some things they could have left or put in here. I mean, it's it's like, it's kind of like the whole like... Um, the Dooku, Ventress, uh, Savage, Bob Vance. <laughs> like, I wanted more, and I felt like they could have dragged it out longer. Yeah. Like, you, it's okay to make things bigger, yep. you know? So, I guess if they had a complaint about this episode, I wanted more. And that, that's not a bad complaint to have. Yeah. She's doing well, a good job. Thankfully, I think the show starts to go more in that direction, building on themes like well, this, this yeah, I as assume... opposed to the Gungans trying to do yeah. something fun. Yeah. It's just crazy that this is the same show. I know. Isn't it's it fucking nuts? nuts. Like, I've seen shows get better. <laughs> like, you know, Seinfeld season one. But it's the same show. Yeah. It gets better, but it's the this same show. Like this is not the same show. show. Yeah. Yep. Um, so anyways... Ahsoka and Obi-Wan are out walking, having a lovely conversation, and suddenly they're abducted by the light and dark avatars in winged form. So we have the griffin, the light takes Obi-Wan, and then the dark takes Ahsoka, the gargoyle bat thing. Um, and then our next scene is we're at an arena of some kind. It looks like a coliseum, kind of, yeah. without seating. Um, it's the it's very cool though like the background of it the walls have like a marble galaxy with constellation looking things it's cool it the ground looks like a yin yang it's yeah, designed very cool it's very cool um so anakin and the father are there and and the father says to anakin it is time to face your guilt and know the truth very interesting and as he says that uh, the winged avatars arrived with Ahsoka and Obi-Wan, and they're both placed at opposite sides of the arena, and the avatars just kind of hold them in place. So they're in winged form, holding an, uh, Ahsoka and Obi-Wan in place. And that's where we get our next clip. Now, this is a long clip, um, but there's two parts that I wanted from it. I wanted the initial, and then there's like, you know, Anakin is given his test, we'll say. And then there's like, action scene where it's just you know there's a minute and a half where i could play it for you but it would just be kind of redundant yeah. and it is there's no point you just have to watch it to get anything from it so it cuts off i'll tell you we're going to the next part and then we'll take a listen to the aftermath of this particular clip so here we go whatever he wants don't do it master let them go i will not play your games Oh, but I think you will. I have ordered my children to kill your friends. The question is... Which one will you choose to save? Your master? 
or your apprentice. You must now release the guilt and free yourself by choosing. No! Their powers are too strong for us, Anakin! Save Ahsoka! Let them go. Only you can make my children release them. Anakin! The planet is the Force. Use it. You will let them go. Okay, so that's not father talking there. Uh, and I'm going to stop it here, and we'll get into the next part of the clip here in a second. That was not father talking. That was Anakin. So he is tapping into light and dark. You can just tell. It's clear as day based on the voice. Yep. He has his normal voice, which is the light, and then he has the dark voice. And so he kind of just sticks his hands out, and he sends this, like, massive force push, and he knocks them free. Like, they get knocked free of the griffin and the bat. Um, but one thing I wanted, to, before we get into the rest of the clip, um, I'm going to talk about Obi-Wan said there. The planet is the force. Use it. So that brings me back to what we were just talking about. Like, are these temporal beings? What the hell are they? Yeah. Like, if they ever were part of the normal galaxy, they must have just gotten so strong that they became one with the Force. And this is their avatar for this, this three sections of the Force. Yep. You know, the glue and then the two extremes. Well, and so I've seen... There's that one clip of Filoni on the panel when he's talking about what the Force is. Mm -hmm. And I think in the in the sequel trilogy, it's a big theme, too. Like, the Force is the balance. Like, the balance, the thing keeping the balance between the light side and the dark side is the Force. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's what the this place is, whether it's a weird diamond thing or an actual yeah, planet and, and they have just ascended so highly that they're actually able to exist within the this representation of the force right like this physical representation of the force yeah it's possible god i'm gonna do mushrooms before i listen to this podcast again you know the other night <laughs> when i was out doing lift when i was out doing lift this girl i pulled up to the fucking poorhouse that's where I was dropping her off. Oh. And she's like, oh, I'm going to give you something. You don't have to take the it if you don't is, want. is, by the way, a bar in yeah. Minneapolis. Horrible it's not, place. It's not an actual poorhouse. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, pull up, and I'm about to drop her off. She's like, oh, yeah, here, I'm going to give you this. You know, it's like a tip. And she hands me, like, a sticker. And I was like, oh, thank you. She's <laughs> yeah, like, you don't right. have to take it if you want. And then, like, as I'm driving away, I looked at it more, and it was like an anime character, and like a, you know, like an uwu, you know, and it had, like, its tongue out, and it had, like, drooling from its tongue. And I was like, wait. This is a tab of acid. <laughs> and I was like, um, okay, so she gave me a tab of acid. Like, I dumped it. I was like, I don't want it. Oh, you didn't take it? No, I'm not taking <laughs> I'm not going to fucking take a drug from some fucking random person that I picked up 20 minutes from I've never met. But this episode, I'm like, fuck, man. I kind of wish I had that tab I of know. acid. Like, <laughs> like, this is a fucking mind-bending episode, man. Like, yeah. God, there's so many questions. And so many ways we could be like, I think it's this. I think it's this. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> also, right. executed quite well. Yeah. Um, it's, this could have been a fucking catastrophe. Yes. Um, so Anakin, like, frees them by, like, tapping into both sides first. It's super, like... <laughs> Anakin, like, Obi-Wan said it earlier in the episode, like, he is more in touch with the Force than any Jedi I've ever known. And it's like... 
Anakin never sniffs his potential. Yeah. In what we've seen. This is him sniffing his potential. Well, I don't think he wants to. No. He just wants to, like, be with Padme on yeah. Naboo. That's all he That's wants. That's all he wants. Yeah. He just wants he just wants to be like a farmer. Yeah. And yet he's been chosen to be emperor of the <laughs> of the entire force. You know, like but no, this episode defines it. He is the chosen one. This is his this is his path. Yeah. He is the chosen one. And this is the first time we've ever seen Anakin tap into it. Like he makes fucking Yoda look like a small fry in this moment. Yeah. Like he is out of this world powerful if he allows himself to be. We've seen both the bat and the griffin do some crazy shit and they and just they just got knocked on their ass. Down. Yeah. And so after he knocks Ahsoka and Obi-Wan free, they start approaching them again. Ahsoka and Obi-Wan draw their sabers, but the the avatars start approaching them again in wing form. And Anakin doesn't even allow them to like fight with them. He just steps in and starts knocking them back again with the Force. And eventually he goes on your knees in like a very like light and dark voice like you had heard and they get on their knees and basically like kneel before Anakin he's like brought these two the two avatars of the force the light and the dark he has he has neutered them he's also transformed them back into their yeah they personified they, yeah, yeah their their human form we'll yeah. call it um so after that we get this clip only the Chosen One could tame both my children. I have taken your test. Now fulfill your promise and let us go. Ah, but first, you must understand the truth. Now, all of you leave us. Do not trust him. You think? I said, leave us. You feel your destiny? You must see it now. I am dying. And you must replace me. Replace you? I can't stay here. But this is yours. It has been foretold. The Chosen One will remain to keep my children in balance. No. I cannot force you to do this. The choice must be yours, but leave, and your selfishness shall haunt you, and the galaxy. Okay, so Anakin is not going to stay, but based on what Father is telling us here, the true, actual tro Chosen One prophecy is Anakin staying on this planet and holding this shit together. Like, that's... Anakin is supposed to be one of these ascended anchorites. Yeah. Um, but as we know, Anakin's not having it. Yeah. Um, Anakin wants to be a farmer. <laughs> yeah. He wants to go to Naboo and he wants to He's herd got with friends. Yeah. He wants to meet up with Peppy Bo and run a herd <laughs> and like go home to Padme, you know, and just have like rugrats running around. He just wants a normal life. Yeah, he does. Maybe um, he just misses R2. He wants to get back to him. I don't blame him. <laughs> Can you imagine R2 on this planet? I know. Why wasn't he there? <laughs> oh, that would have been so great. Um, so shortly after that, we get a quick scene back at the monastery. Like it's got like a landing platform, I guess now. Um, and their ship is there. Obi-Wan and Ahsoka board. Um, Anakin's about to get on. He kind of pauses, looks back. Obi-Wan's like, you ready? And Anakin boards the ship and they take off. And that's your episode. So Anakin has bucked his prophecy 
bucked the prophecy of the chosen one. He's proven that he's the chosen one. He's convinced father that he is. He brought down both avatars of both sides of the force, just kicked the shit out of him. Uh, he literally pulled the strongest shit we've ever seen. Like, God, he would melt Palpatine. Yeah. Like, nobody could touch him when he's like this. Yeah. It's insane. But um, it is what it is. He, he He's heading out. At what point did you realize this was a different kind of episode? Was it right off the bat, or was it like... I mean, right off the bat, like I said, it had the Star Trek vibe, but then it just took on a whole life like, of its what own. What was your thought process watching I this? told you, I watched it ten <laughs> fucking times. I watched it like ten times. I kept putting it on like the last few nights. Like, I don't know, when's last? when did we record last? Saturday? Yeah. I've watched it every night since, so maybe not ten, but probably like five times I've watched it. And every time I was like, wait, what about this? What about this? What about yeah. this? There's so much on this episode. This episode is insane, and it leaves so much to question and to wonder about and leaves you leaves you with way more questions and answers about what they what these anchorites were. Are they the force? Are they not the force? Are they actually being what the fuck they are? What is what does Anakin leaving mean for this? Like, we know this prophecy is not going to be fulfilled so what does it mean yeah. and what does it mean for the fucking force after vader dies and he's gone and like this old man this father says i'm gonna die and i can't hold them together like what the fuck does that mean well also maybe like the prophecy of the one maybe at one point the father was the one and that's why he's there yeah you know and then after vader dies maybe there at some point there's going to be another the one that needs to maybe that's what the i prophecy find it is they to, all need dude, to find this place and sit on the throne yes and keep the children at bay <laughs> if you really want to go like deep 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 just weird just just thinking out loud he has a son and he has a daughter Anakin has a son and a fucking daughter. Like the whole thing, maybe like Luke and Leia were supposed to replace them. Yeah. Like the whole thing opens up all these fucking questions. And I could be way off there, but it's just, it's a coincidence. Yeah. It, it lines up. Dude, what did they give this one? <laughs> what did IMDb give this one? IMDb gave this one a nine. A nine. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I agree. I'm giving it a nine. Nine. Yep. This one made me think more than any other episode. It is so much deeper than anything we've seen. Um, we've I, like, I've always known that there's this kind of lore in Star Wars. Yeah. Like in, in the novels, in the graphic novels, in all of this expanded universe stuff. I've always known there's, there was this kind of thing, but until I watched this episode, I hadn't, like, experienced it for myself. Yeah. So it was so cool the first time watching this. I gave it an 8.5. Okay. Like, just fair. for that same same reason. It's yeah. It's just something... Com it's like a completely different show. It is a completely different show. And, like, so, I mean, I think I gave Arc Troopers a 9. Yeah. But I'm not going to say one episode's better than the other because I feel like they're just two different they're things. They're both nines in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in a Clone Wars sense, like a war battle sense and, like, shit going on, Arc Troopers was a nine. Yeah. And just, like, a force lore and just diving into the philosophy of Star Wars and what everything means, this isn't, this fucking, yeah. that, this is that. 
So yeah. I mean, well, and I feel like both of these these are they play on two themes that we both really dig. And yeah. Like we like different kinds of shit. I mean, I think that's why we're friends. We we have a varied uh, we have a, a very yeah. you canon... would never know it if you looked at this room right now. <laughs> we have a lot of yeah. weird interests that you wouldn't think would align. Like we we both like Broadway musicals and Seinfeld. Like yes. And I like I'm like a big sports fan. Yeah. And like I have my like, uh, you know, just my chuddish qualities, I guess. Like, yeah. We all like sports. We're sitting down football and beer. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I love it. Like I could talk your head off about sports. But yeah, it's like this and Arc Troopers both great. Yeah. Just very in very different ways. The light and the dark. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Always look on the light side of life. Uh, light side moment of the episode. Um, for me, I'm gonna give it to uh, what they did with Anakin's character because for once he wasn't completely insufferable for me, and uh, they actually put some. You know, I I still don't like him. I really don't. But at least they put some makeup on him. You know, they they kind of you know, they spruced him up a little bit. Yeah, and said, hey, he actually, you know, he did this fucked up shit, but he at least thinks about it. So I'm glad that we heard that line where he felt guilt. Yep. Um, about now. OK, maybe I should backtrack. Like, did he feel guilty about what he did or did he feel guilty because he couldn't save his mom? I feel like both. If it's both, then that's my light side. But so we're good. <sighs> I don't know, because he did say a line in there about, like, he only feels vengeance. Or he only, he felt, only vengeance. felt vengeance when he was. And so he's was. failed as a Jedi. Yeah. Either way, it's my light side, because they're at least addressing that elephant in the room that we yeah. have not tackled yet. Yep. But I would have... Uh, there's just another for thing good, to think about in this fucking episode. For a good two seasons, every time that you've, like, <laughs> had an Anakin moment where you've wanted to kill yourself. Yeah. And I've asked you, like, what's it going to take to turn you around on Anakin? Like, this is the episode that I'm, like... I was wondering if this is going to be like where stuff starts turning around. Well, I wouldn't say he turned it around, but he turned, you know, yeah. he's going in a different direction it makes for him me. A little bit more three dimensional as yeah, opposed to just it, brooding. Yeah. So they added to Anakin a little bit. And I think as a character who's like the main character of the whole fucking saga. Yeah. Probably a good thing to flesh him out a little bit. So that's my light side. What's yours? My light side is that uh, we finally reached this point. <laughs> I'm so happy. This is the whole, like, doing this podcast, I've wanted to get to this point. So that's my more overarching light side is just to be able to talk about this with you because I've yeah. wanted to do that for so long. Um, is the show still going to be funny? <laughs> Or are we going to get really serious now? Because this is probably the most serious we've been discussing an episode. There's some funny stuff in there still. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, wait. We got plenty of stuff to work Hello. with. <laughs> I love him. I don't care if Anakin's the chosen one. Hello. That's chosen one shit right there. Uh, that's my big light side, smaller light side. We got to see Ahsoka's new lightsabers lit up. And one of them's yellow. I forgot that she had like a green and yellow I love saber. how they just throw these new things in for Ahsoka. Like the yeah. new, nothing said about it. Suddenly yeah. she's dual wielding, all this stuff. And one of her lightsabers is long and the other one's short. It's so cool. Oh, yeah. It is a good one. It is a good one. If you only knew the power of the dark side. All right. 
dark side moment of the episode. Um, I think dark side for me in this episode is actually going to be left in the writing room. Uh, what could have been. Uh, like Anakin running to the monastery. I would like to see more of this planet and what it's like when it's in its dark side moon phase or whatever the fuck you want to <laughs> yeah. call it. Like, we saw some lightning, Obi-Wan took cover, Anakin went to the monastery, and we didn't see him traveling there. So, that I would like to see more, and also big dark side to the fact that we did not get more Ahsoka and Obi-Wan conversation. God, it's great when those two are together. Like, I would just have loved to have been a fly on the wall before Ahsoka fell asleep in the cave. Yeah. So, that's my dark side. It sounds like I'm complaining about the writing. This was fucking really well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I said before, this could have been horrendous yes. trying to cover all of this shit. Like, it could have been bad. I think they did about as good as you could have hoped. Oh, yeah. You know? um, yeah, my dark side was just just that whole sequence with uh, the son and him tormenting Anakin with a vision of his dead mother. Yeah. Like, it's pretty dark. But he did speak some truth within Oh, that. yes, he did. Like... But- the whole, like, that's not love, that's a prison. It's true. Yeah. If this is how Anakin is choosing to express his love for Padme, then he's in a prison. Yeah. He needs to be free. But I don't think the son is doing it to make no. Anakin a better person. No, but, <laughs> but like, even with Palpatine and the temptation and the dogmatic Jedi, this and that, he speaks a lot of truth. Yes. He's just fucking evil. Yep. You know? So, um... Yeah, anyways. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely going to be a complete and utter, like, something that I'm going to beat into the... F- it's going to be... It's the next... This, yeah. Deception. It's going in the intro. We got to edit it in there. I'll figure it out. Yeah, we're going to have to... It's been a while since we've added something into that. Yeah, it's time. It is time. <laughs> oh, thank you, Rex. We saw Rex. We did. See, you almost forget. Oh, but you got to get it up. Sometimes you get it up, sometimes you don't. But you always got the cheap butter bread. Put a little butter on it. Probably tastes good. Toast it. Woo! All right. Those are getting weirder every time. <laughs> Dark Horse Hero of the episode. Oh, man. I'm going to have to give it to Anakin again. Because uh, Anakin, like, I don't know. If you don't see this kind of stuff. So if you just watch, like, the movies and stuff, you're like, chosen one yeah you know i you mean, don't see it he's powerful we'll give him that like he defeats dooku he does these things he's a great pilot but i mean you know as soon as obi-wan gets the high ground on him he's cut in half <laughs> you know and he can't penetrate obi-wan's defenses for the entire fight so you're kind of like eh, you know, he's a disappointment yeah but looking I think, back at it too like imagine obi-wan in revenge of the sith knowing this knowing this and seeing how powerful he is yeah and still having having to like face it off also with changes him. the whole like send me to kill the emperor line yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to deal with him <laughs> <clears throat> but um yeah i don't know just seeing anakin's potential gives him dark horse here of the week what do you got uh so i went with someone that you're not gonna know um her name is Lynn Hale um, and in an interview uh, with Dave Filoni he was talking about this episode and he said that Lynn Hale is a she's been an executive at uh, at Lucasfilm for like 30 years she was there during all the prequels and stuff right now she's currently the vice president of publicity and communications um, 
And when in the writer's room they talked about bringing Qui-Gon back, he immediately reached out to her because he had the suspicion that she might be able to get Liam to do it. And he was right. Nice. She was the one that was able to, like, connect the dots and get Liam to come back and do that voice. So Lynn Hale. And Shmi. And she was able to reach out and get that actress back, too. So Lynn Hale. Lynn Hale. Well done. Hang out. You're a rock star. Get the show on. Get paid. And all that Hello. Okay. All star of the episode. Um, I'm going to give it to Father. That guy's really been carrying some weight for a long time. Yeah. Oh, man. I should have chose he ain't heavy. He's my brother as the <laughs> interest in just carrying that family on his back. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I want to learn more about him. I don't know. Is he the force? Is he? I, I don't know. I don't know what he is. I know he's powerful and I know he's got a good hold and grasp on things and he's a good balance of light and dark yeah yeah absolutely so i'm giving to the father who do you got uh same type of theme i'm going with liam neeson there you go (laughs) yeah i'm just so happy he didn't have like too big of a head to come back and do this yes and it wasn't even that like many lines it was like two seconds and if he came back to do this he will. Good for him for yes. not, for like not having such a giant ego. No, and I like like a lot of people that have worked on Star Wars. Like outside of Alec Guinness, they say great things about it. Like yeah. Alec Guinness, like famously was like this is cringe, you know. But even Alec Guinness in interviews said he loved working with like the younger actors, and yeah. he thought Harrison no, he Ford said, and yes. Mark Hamill were super talented. And... Yeah, I think he just the whole fantasy western thing. Oh, was yeah. a bit he much just for didn't him. Get it? He yeah. didn't get it. Um, but like I don't know. You hear like uh, Ewan McGregor. You hear uh, Pedro Pascal. If you saw that interview they did together. It looks like they're all having the time of their lives. Like, I don't know. I, I just remember Pedro Pascal being like, you know, I saw a uh, stormtrooper walk by me on set. And I was just like taken aback. I was like, this, this is this real? Like, it's just larger. Like, they, they recognize like the Star Wars universe has taken on a life of its own and it's big. Yeah. It's just a very big thing to be a part of. Well, and I feel like that's the thing that Filoni gets that yes. Disney executives don't. Like, Filoni understands that, and he's tapping into it. Yes. Like, there's so much shit in The Mandalorian that you hear of where it's like, oh, they ran out of Stormtrooper costumes, so they put, like, a call out to cosplayers in the area, and people just showed up in their Stormtrooper outfits, and they put them in the show. That's awesome. It's like, that type of shit is the stuff that yeah. Star Wars fans love, and that's the thing that Filoni gets and is Yeah, I mean, he's into. a fan. Yeah. He's a fan first, which is nice. And I don't know, like full respect to the Marvel Universe and what they've created there. Um, but it just as like as much money as it makes, it will never have the mystique yeah. that Star Wars carries with it. This is decades and decades of just like something being rooted into somebody's life. Yeah. You know, Marvel just doesn't have that longevity. It doesn't have the force. It doesn't have the force. Like, the whole idea of the force is bigger than anything that anybody could concoct in any kind of fantasy universe. Like, the only thing that I personally compare it to is the One Ring. Yeah. Like, it's just this... It's a symbol of something bigger. Yeah. So, I like it. Um, Oh, here we go. What do you mean, naked? 
My parts are showing. My goodness. I'm a model. You know what I mean? Introduce myself. My little turn on the catwalk. On the catwalk. Hello. My little turn on the catwalk. Introduce myself. Hello. All right. Good hood. Okay, who was your top fashion model on the runway for this episode? Oh, it, it, no doubt in my mind. It goes to the daughter. The daughter? Oh, yeah. Oh, she is a minx. Those flowing? Yeah. And that deep V? Oh, she was dressed to the nines. Yeah, I want to date her. <laughs> I mean, add, add her to my... Give it a hello. <laughs> Give it yeah. a hello. Hello. Um, yeah, add her to my ever-growing list of women that I fell in love with. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's just, they keep just throwing these lovely ladies at you. It's just left and right, left and right. You know, you get yourself a little bit of Duchess. You get yourself a little bit of Ventress. You get yourself Especially some Tecla. with the daughter, too, like her being eight feet tall or whatever, it's it's also reminiscent of the new Resident Evil. Because, you know, the character, there's like a nine-foot vampire woman in that. <laughs> and there have been so many memes of dudes being in love and just wanting her to dominate them. <laughs> well, it's like, it reminds me, you ever watch, you watched Maury or some of those dumb yeah, yeah, yeah. daytime shows back in the day? Remember there would be like the little guys with the big women? Yeah. Like the little guys with, uh, you know, they're like fucking five foot one and they're dating like a woman that's like six five. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what I want to be. I want <laughs> I want her to just like carry me around. There's a, there's that episode of Seinfeld where George wants to make love to a tall woman. Like yeah. Six two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want that for myself. I mean, let's I should have come up with a theme song for her. <laughs> oh, we might have another opportunity. I, I got to play the Lovelies songs here. <laughs> I'm going to give it to her, too. Um, she had a good vibe. She had that low-cut dress. Ooh, and the big green hair. I like it. She's unique. Ventress, Tecla. Uh, and then we will also... Who could forget? Who could forget the number one, though? Don't tell the other girls. Your murderer's row of ladies. Yeah. The problem is when I compliment the Duchess in that way, Tecla and Ventress, they don't hear. <laughs> daughter hears everything. You can't escape daughter. You cannot. You're going to get picked up by a griffin later. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to rip me in half. I wonder how they were going to kill them. I, I kind of felt like they were just going to rip them in half. Yeah. It was going to be really gruesome. <laughs> it was going to be some Delaney shit. That would have that gotten dark side of the week. Yeah, definitely. All righty. Thank you, Yoda, you weak, weak little man. <laughs> You're nothing compared to Anakin and Chewbacca. Thank you. What do we got for a tagline this week? All right. This week we had balance is found in the one who faces his guilt. Ooh. And your guess wasn't that far off base. She butt the bread. You had said, uh, I think Anakin is going to have to come to grips with murdering all those sand people. <laughs> <laughs> Debatable. true. Yeah. He thinks about it. He at least thought about it. Yeah. I just feel like he's, I think... And the sun seemed to be pushing him in that direction, like having to come to grips with it. With yeah, vengeance I think he was just guilt. more... I think, when I think back to that whole exchange, I think he was referencing his mother not being able to save her was the guilt. And all he felt was vengeance. But at least he acknowledges that he did it. Yeah. Thank God. What, um, what do we got for a tagline next all week? All right. Next week we have, he who surrenders hope surrenders life. He who surrenders hope. What was the tagline this week? Uh, this week was balances found in the one who faces his guilt. 
And next week's is He Who Surrenders Hope Surrenders Life. I think we're on an Anakin arc right now. Okay. Discovery. I think he's going to be tempted more and he will he'll find the balance within himself again. I think this is Anakin growing for me. I think we're getting, like you said, you kind of hinted at it. I think you're wondering if this is where he turns the corner for me. Maybe it is. Yeah. Hey, I'd like to say something nice about him every week. Maybe I'll get another week to say something nice about him. That's my guess. All right. Um, so next week, it's next air order. So season three, episode 16, Altar of Mortis. I'm watching it right away. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm staying. We're watching it together right after this. <laughs> All right. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right, Adam, where can the listeners reach us? Uh, shoot us an email. You want to end up on mailbag. Uh, yeah. We're at clonecastpod at gmail.com. You want to plug the Twitter and Instagram? At clonecastpod. I need to start touching on the Instagram one more I forget but also uh, five star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice and let us know when you leave one uh, so we can shout you out alright we'll see you next time for Altar of Mortis until then may the Morai be with you what is a boy to do Frazier has left the building you ever hear the tragedy of Crispin's day hello 